Consequence Podcast Network. So I think the bit this week is going to be how we're all going to pretend like we didn't just have a two-hour conversation about mm-hmm. Snatch Game <laughs> uh, with a drag queen. We're going to pretend like that hasn't happened. Yeah. They'll never know. They'll never know. They'll so never be that's, the wiser. that's the bit. Unless I'm really irresponsible. I on wonder edit. what we're going to do for the main segment. I, I wonder if it's going to be talk to a drag queen for two hours about Snatch Game. I'm waiting with bated breath to find out. I have out. no idea if that's going to happen. <laughs> what do you think, Kate? Could we even talk for two hours about Snatch Game? I don't Is think we could. I mean, it's such a fly do? by night thing. You I, know, don't, not... I don't have enough opinions about it. And also, it's not like it's a pop cultural phenomenon. Yeah, it's not the kind of thing you have strong opinions about, really. It's like mayonnaise. <laughs> you know, it's like the TV version of mayonnaise. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, <laughs> of course, I have strong opinions about mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to TV Party! <laughs> I'm Allison Shoemaker. I'm Clint Worthington. And we have with us, as often, Kate Kalzik. <laughs> Fun fact, this is the second podcast of the day that Kate and I have reco- recorded together. If you have any interest in the musical day. scoring for the Star Series Outlander, you can find, if you search for Podlander Drugcast, our most recent episode will be... Kate educating three idiots <laughs> about musical scoring for television. If you want to reverse engineer like your day. <laughs> yeah. Stop listening. Do, do it correctly. Stop listening now. Go listen to the drink cast. You can tell that I haven't been drinking at all. Uh, I drank a lot less during the drink cast than I normally do because I knew we had to do this one. But I did have a Paloma at four o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> Saturday. So, so that's where I am. Um, we are going to, I don't know what we're going to talk about. What are we going to talk about? Probably not going to talk about <laughs> Snatch Game with the Drag Queen. <laughs> I'm so, I'm really sorry. We're all uh, a little buzzed on adrenaline from yeah. this great conversation we had. So I guess that's a tease. Yeah, we're going to continue to pretend that it hasn't happened, yeah. but we're all feeling pretty high on it. Mm. Um, so because it was a lengthy conversation that hasn't happened yet, that definitely hasn't happened. We're going to skip our news section and just say that we're going to do a little TV party book club where the book is a, a streaming series that you watch by yourself. <laughs> uh, in this case, please. Go on the internet. I think it's an emmyformegan.com, but just Google an Emmy for Megan. And next week, we will all watch an Emmy for Megan, the web series by Megan Amram, created solely to win an Emmy in short form. <laughs> it meets all the requirements, which is basically what the series is about. It's a delight. Watch it. We will talk about it next week. We'll be able to hear you through the speakers. I promise. I was going to. I was going to ask which one is Emmy and which one is Megan. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, I guess we'll find one out. One of them writes for the Good Place. The other is a statue awarded to winners of television. Uh, I'm and that one's sure Megan, you right? You win a Megan. Yeah, yeah, you win a Megan. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Um. Anyway, let's get think of all right the people down. who have M gots. Totally. I yeah. love an M-God. Yeah. Audra McDonald, That's guest judge, is almost an M-God. Marvin she's just, Hamlish. She's just missing the O. Yeah. Why do I, Why is my first EGOT go to Marvin Hamlish? I don't know. What's wrong with me? I have no idea. I don't know. It's a, it's a question we'll get into over the three hours of this podcast. <laughs> you know, I'm most fascinated in the 
the egos and the gots and the ugts and the <laughs> is that it? No, I'm missing one. Ego, got, agit, yacht, yacht. Yeah, go. I'm most interested in those. Okay, the people we, who we are one away. Yes. I find that very interesting. Anyway, uh, let's talk about our episodes of the week, shall we? Let's we start with Miss Kate Kolzik, who picked Ms. a bunch Kulzik. of really good stuff, uh, including something I would have picked if she hadn't snaked it right out from under me. So <laughs> take it away, Kate. Talk to us about your two picks for the week. Well, the actual best thing I watched this week uh, was the White House Correspondents' Dinner and specifically Michelle Wolf's um, you know, set during that. Um, but we've been doing this for a while today and I talked about it for like 20 minutes over on the Televerse yesterday. So um, unless you guys want to talk about it, I was, I'll move swiftly on. I mean, I, th- mm-hmm. I agree that I think it was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the way that the but did it really Press promote Correspondents unity? Association <laughs> responded with bullshit. Comedians is unity. Oh, yeah. absolutely. That's <laughs> yeah. all I want is unity. Yeah. That's why was she so mean? <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, if I could do a smoky eye, which I can't because it's hard, <laughs> yeah. and someone told me that my smoky eye was good, that's the only thing I would care about. They could have said you're the worst person I've ever met, but at least you have a great yeah. smoky eye. There's one thing I would take away from it, right. and it would it's, be the great smoky eye. Right. Charlie Brown, wah, 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 and also someone eye. Eye. totally. Right. <laughs> and if someone compared me to Aunt Liddy on The Handmaid's Tale, I'd be like, oh, you mean acclaimed character actress Anne Dowd? Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like anyone taking offense to that also, is actually digging on Anne Dowd. Such shiny hair. Yeah. And like is a national treasure and a magnificent creature. Talking about Sarah Huckabee Sanders, right? No, I'm talking about Anne Dowd. Oh. Yeah. Look no further than her uh, recent first ever late night appearance on Colbert. It's delightful. Another good pick. That was also this week. Anyway, go to your other pick. But so so <laughs> aside from that, I'm going to talk about Killing Eve. Sorry, baby. <laughs> Just the title gives me the willies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was it was it was another really good one. Um, we're getting kind of predictable with some of our our picks because uh, over at the Televerse, but also of course the <laughs> many episodes like you said, I'm frequently here. Um, but also when I listen to y'all talking about this too, I know that it you know in the BBC or. It was BBC America, right? Sent out an email, a press email that yeah. got picked up many places about how the ratings yeah. have been going up every week for Killing Eve, which for is for the a, first a time in um, X number of years. X being a lot, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. I ate an unprecedented hit. Yeah, yeah. So Sandra was killing it still. Um, the, the killing <laughs> what? Uh, well. You know, I, I, I don't think actually she got Bill killed. I think Bill's adorable baby got Bill killed. Yeah. Um, Destiny. Last week. Yeah. Um, she is maybe getting them all killed based on the way the episode ends. But um, this this episode really uh, dives in with her reaction to the to the murder of her partner um, or her, I guess, now employee her buddy, Bill. Um, fellow spy work person. Wife. Yeah, work wife. Absolutely. Um, and uh, the way that that strains her relationship with her husband and uh you know again that, that relationship is still being managed and addressed so well the performances are fantastic but also just the level of uh lived in um honesty and understanding that the those two characters have and the performers have as well just like the even just the 
the physicality, like the way that they stand in a room together, you know that they've known each other yep. for such a long time. Um, so we, there's that, you know, continues to start, or I guess it's starting to fray. That's continuing to develop. Um, but we get, uh, as for much of the episode, the, the dick swap uh, is revealed to be the uh, mole who got Bill killed. And so they have to go save him from being assassinated um, by a trio because now our main assassin is not allowed to assassinate on her own anymore. Yeah, she got demoted Mm. and she does not like it. She was not supposed to kill Bill. But she I was did. waiting for it. Yeah, it was right there. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so so uh, it was fun to see. Uh. You know, like the the way that the show is centering on these two characters, um, because one is, I don't know the right term. Uh, let's say a violent person who kills everybody else doesn't have any normal what we would consider normal emotions. Um. I don't want to use a path because I don't know if I'll use the right one. Chaotic evil. Let's yeah. call her chaotic evil. Certainly. Sure. Yeah. She, there's. Yeah. That works. Um. That corner of the show can be, you know, fun, <laughs> and at, while the the Sandra oh the Eve part of the show is so much uh, more like distraught and intense and um, and really fractured, uh, you know, where her you know where she's at mentally, where her um, just perspective is at, and to be able to go back and forth is is really effective just on a structural level on a yeah. tonal level for the show and it lets you have some of these action beats while also having these intense grief moments you know like the the way that they're constructing the show uh, is really smart I, the end of the episode builds to this really terrific uh, standoff like this action sort of set piece suspense set piece um, that shouldn't work but does <laughs> and um, the the end of the episode has me a little concerned for next week um, the very last thing, it's a cliffhanger, and uh, I won't say more than that in case people are behind. I guess I already spoiled a bunch, but meh. it's late. We've been doing this for a while. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I'm a little weird about that, but we're halfway through the season, and um, I feel like it, you know, they're just getting ready to step on the gas even more, and I can't wait to see what comes next. Me neither. I, Clint, have you gotten to dive into this at all? No, I still God, I so need to good. catch up. It's just, it's one of the best shows out there right now, which is really saying something because Atlanta and the Americans are both on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, among other things, you know, it's uh, it's a crowded month, and God, I, I'm always so excited to watch it. I am also concerned, but I feel like they've bought a lot of goodwill at this point. Yeah. So I am willing to sort of live optimistically about where it's going. Mm-hmm. I'm super into it. Clint. What yes. is your pick? In my never-ending quest to not seem like a broken record and just say The Expanse every week, um, <laughs> uh, I tried to pick... Uh, well, I picked a brief honorable mention. I want to give a quick shout-out to a, a show that is often very mediocre but sometimes has glimmers of brilliance, which is The Goldbergs. And uh, they had a, an episode this past week called The Opportunity of a Lifetime, basically where the older brother character gets the chance to uh, throw the first pitch for the at a Philadelphia Phillies game. And they build it up so much. And uh, it's really worth it Primarily for one single scene in which they decided to craft the dialogue around the scene into excuses to work the phrase opportunity of a lifetime into every single line of dialogue in the scene. (laughs) It's one of those things where like the more a joke is repeated, the funnier it gets. And so in a show that's often like it's not like it's not praiseworthy. It's it's got a lot of great performers. Jeff Garland's in it. Wendy McClendon Covey's in it. Um, But, you know, it's just one of those like network sitcom milk toast things. 
it's just, it was a weirdly inspired scene in a thoroughly, in an otherwise sort of, you know, their sitcom. So I wanted to give due deference to that. But my main pick is a show that's been, it's, it's a season of a television show that's been out for like two years. And it's Arrested Development season four. Why am I talking about this, you ask? Well, I'll tell you why I say to myself. Uh, <laughs> it's a long night. Uh, Netflix just. I think we might be better when we're kind of slap a, li- a, li- a little punch drunk, yeah. <laughs> Uh, or just drunk. <laughs> so for Cinco de Cuatro, Netflix decided to re-release a remixed, re-edited version of their single Netflix original season, um, which if you watched it the first time it came around was kind of a Rashomon parallel timelines, jumping back and forth in time, getting different perspectives kind of thing. And this remix, which they call Fateful Consequences, is more or less a chronological redo of that season. And so it's been interesting to revisit that season, which I thought was, you know, okay, it was thoroughly fine. It's especially harder to watch it now in the wake of, you know, all the Jeffrey Tambor stuff. But um, even with that, it it is an interesting formal experiment. And I feel like it's one of the only things, it's one of the things like only Netflix could do, only a streaming site could do. Like they replaced season four. They didn't just append it. You can't watch the original season of season four anymore. Wow, I didn't realize that. Yeah, they, they replaced it, which I think is really interesting. Um, especially, you know, so they're doing a season five, so maybe this is them amping up. And another fascinating part of it is that the original season four, I think, was 15 episodes. This is 22 episodes. And I haven't checked run times, but I don't know, like, how much extra narration they did or how much repeat footage or anything else. But it's just so weird to think about, like, they added, they slapped seven more episodes on this thing. And I don't know if there was reshoots or extra footage they had or I don't know it was crazy <laughs> do you not remember how overly long it was the first time I don't maybe they that's maybe that's too long they were like 40 minutes oh so maybe they cl- clipped so them they, down to like normal 20 episodes well sure because they had to cut them down for syndication because that's why he was doing it in oh, part was because okay. he wanted to be able to syndicate them so that makes perfect sense actually oh okay yeah. here's my question is it better it's a little better because your brain isn't as occupied, like trying to keep all the pieces in place. They're, they mostly, they largely reassemble the puzzle into a coherent shape. So it's a little bit better. It's a little more straightforward. Um, yeah, but like, is, is it, it fun? I'm not even saying, is it funnier? I'm just saying, is it fun? Because I didn't think that the yeah. previous season it, was it fun. Was, it was not good. There are two good things. Uh-huh. Bees! Bees. And run away, get away, get, get away, away, run away. away. I kind of like Maria Bamford in it, but yeah, um, it's like a smidge more fun. Okay. And it's for me, it's interesting as if, again, like as a formal editing experiment. Sure. Yeah. So that's why I decided to bring it up. That's good. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see when they announce season five, which if we hadn't skipped news this week, we would have talked about the fact that Jeffrey Tambor is going to be in season five. Yeah. Yeah. They season four had already shown that like they were already willing to do this without like the big group scenes. So why bother having all nine of them back? That's my question. Narrator says money. Money. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. All says right. I'm busy directing a Star Wars movie. I can't be bothered. Well, you know, that's yeah. mm, true. Mm. Uh so uh, my picks of the week I mm, am going to yes. cheat and do three because one is like a half and then we will maybe spontaneously <gasps> definitely hasn't happened yet talk about the little half pick with a drag queen um, but the other two 
my, I guess, runner-up pick is I just loved the finale of Superstore, yeah. which if you've been listening to the podcast, you will know I haven't been caught up on Superstore the entire time we've been recording this. I finally caught up this week. I mainlined basically the entire season, uh, which is a delight, as everyone told me it would be. Um, and I... Uh, haven't I haven't yelled no at a screen so loudly since the last episode of The Americans, which admittedly was only a week ago, but <laughs> I hadn't yelled no at a screen that loudly before then for a long time. So uh, I'm sort of counting the Great Patriotic War as a fluke and saying yelling. I don't want to spoil the end of this Superstore finale for anybody, but mm. I just was going, no, 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 yeah. no, no, at my TV, um, uh-huh. which is, the I think, the mark of a of a good scene. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, one of the most innovative fart scenes, I think, in a little while. <laughs> good yeah it was well done he even farts like his voice (laughs) yeah i couldn't tell i thought it was just an extra line of dialogue you know it was really it was choice it was a delight uh i love that dina didn't give birth i just sort of assumed that was gonna happen i'm really glad it didn't yeah that tends to build towards that um yeah, I just thought it was, it was good. Solid. Uh, Jeff in like full beard, long hair, uh, prosthetics. <laughs> he looked like one of the Geico cavemen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> or a little bit like Forrest Gump in the jogging across the country yeah, portion of the movie. I just like running. <laughs> oh. Anyway, I was a big fan of the Superstore finale mm. um, and of the season as a whole, which again, I watched in its entirety this week. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> It was fun. Whatever. Yeah. It was good. It was a good time. But my pick of the week is because I'm incredibly dull for the second week in a row, I'm going to choose an an episode of The Americans, Rififi, named for one of my favorite movies. And that is not why I'm picking it, but it was pretty cool. That's um, a good reason, though. You know, when I saw here's the thing, the episode, the episode titles of The Americans are great. And I don't want to say any of the ones that are coming because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody. But there are episode titles coming up that are incredibly ominous just based on the title. Mm. This one was like, oh, this is going to be some like double crossing and there's going to be some silence and it's going to be incredibly dour. And it wasn't at all what I expected, but it was still those things. Um, And I think that that is really amazing. It's my favorite Carrie Russell performance of the season so far, which is really saying something because she's doing incredibly well, unsurprisingly well, but incredibly well. Mm. And it's most surprisingly a Henry episode. Mm-hmm. When is there a Henry episode of the Americans? Hmm. There's never a Henry episode of the Americans and he's not the central figure, but a, a significant number of the like major plot points sort of hinge on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It also sort of shows the series setting up for its end game in which it's sort it's becoming what it's always threatened to be, which is KGB versus FBI, which I think is um, really, really exciting. Um, so it's a, a, a really, really great episode. And I think the Americans is just killing it this season. Nice. My halfway pick is Adam Rippon. Rippon? Rippon? Rippon. What Rippin. is it? <laughs> Rippon's Drag Race. Rippon on Dancing with the Stars. Dancing to RuPaul's greatest single, Sissy That Walk, a song guaranteed to turn even the sweatiest, most miserable corporate pride parade march into a party. (laughs) And I speak from personal experience. Uh, 
And it is just fabulous. And uh, I think maybe knowing that our guest, who we definitely haven't already talked to, mm-hmm. Sutton Lee Seymour of New York's drag circuit, a Broadway queen in every sense of the word, mm-hmm. a talented artist of grace and virtue, mm-hmm. uh, hasn't seen it yet. So perhaps after we take a short break, we should show Adam Rapon dancing to Sissy That Walk to suddenly see more. What do you guys think? I can't wait to find out what we all say. I know. Yeah. That's amazing. I Let's do that. Now, Miss Sutton Lee, I want you to keep something in mind. Okay. This is ABC at like 7 p.m. on a weeknight. I'm going to go full screen for this. Oh, wow. Ready? We're doing the whole MacBook Air screen. Oh, my God. The big It's guns. like a whole 11 inches. Oh, my God. I know. Sounds like a good Saturday night to me. <laughs> Here we go. Big sparkly wings. Oh, wow. Subtle. Very <laughs> cor- very Courtney act. <laughs> voguing. I'm so into voguing right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, he jumped over the stairs. He did. <gasps> I couldn't say bitches. And he's lip syncing for his life right now? He is. Oh, oh. Work. Ooh. Now, see that walk. It's just an okay. He's walk. walking, it has to be said. and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> That's the magic of Adam Rippon. RuPaul sounds great. Mm. It's the best RuPaul song. It really is. <laughs> And I sort of think it's not close. Like, apologies to CoverGirl, but it's not close. Work. Yes, I just honestly want to dance. Oh, yep. Walk, walk. Oh, yes. A little cha-cha. I love a grapevine. (laughs) Boom. Okay, of course you got to throw in the ice skater a little twirl, right? turn a and twirl and land in the end. You play to your strengths. So semi death drop there at the end too. Something mm. it's like a. It's not a full comatose on. drop. Ah, <laughs> well, Com- I like that. Yeah. Are you gonna work <laughs> it into your show? No. Okay. I do a slow mo death drop. So this is where we'll do the official introduction. Uh, everybody. This, say hello to, from the privacy of your headphones, <laughs> uh, Miss Sutton Lee Seymour of New York, New York. Oh, hi. But originally from Chicago, yes. which is what actually matters. Yes. Uh, we are so excited to have Sutton Lee here. I'm going to give you a whole spiel on all the places that you can find her later. Um, but we are going to use the fortuitous circumstance of Sutton Lee Seymour doing a show in Chicago this weekend to talk mad shit about Snatch Game. And I <laughs> I'm so excited! <laughs> Are you? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. Oh. Um, well. So, uh, real quick, you can find Suddenly Seymour on Twitter at the Sutton Lee, and that's Sutton like Sutton Foster. Yes. Oh, and then uh, Lee like Lee, but it sounds like Suddenly because it's a great drag name. On Instagram at Suddenly Seymour. On Facebook at facebook.com slash Suddenly Seymour. On YouTube at Drag Queen Talk Stuff. And if you're in New York on Mondays at Broadway Monday at Hardware Bar and on Saturdays at Suddenly Seymour Live at Albatross Bar, all of which sounds very cool and glamorous. Thanks. On Saturdays, you can find 
find me <laughs> here <laughs> or in my pajamas at home. Mm-hmm. So that's my life. <laughs> but yes. it's a good life. It yeah, is a good we life. have fun. You know, I always tell people just to go back. I, if you can't find me on social media, I always tell people just look for Sutton Foster on the drag queen underneath her. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. As always, yes. as always. Um, so this week was uh, the the gayest holiday of the year that isn't Pride, which is the Snatch Game episode of RuPaul's oh. Drag Race. <laughs> it's my 10th Snatch Game, not counting All-Stars. So I guess 12th if we count two seasons of All-Stars and 13th if we count RuPaul's Gaffin, which I sort of don't. <laughs> uh, it is Clint's first Snatch Game. Yes, I'm still a relative neophyte, so I'm still going through the first season Drag Race. So you know, when we were prepping for this episode, you were giving me some highlight reels. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to watch the. I want to watch this season Snatch Game first to get my impressions fresh off the bat, and Ooh. then I'll get some historical Go context. Back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Kate has seen all of the Snatch Games, but she watched Maybe. a lot of them right in a row. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's a. There's a lot. That's of, a marathon. That's a a lot, a lot of bad snatch game too. <laughs> yeah. a lot of bad snatch. A lot of dodgy Beyonces. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Yeah. Uh, I cannot wait to talk about how it is that people still think that they should do Beyonce on the snatch game. Um, so maybe this is the time to do that. So I want to talk about snatch game as a whole, and I want to talk about drag in general, yeah. and your experience watching Drag Race as a drag queen, and a zillion other things. There is a total chance this podcast is going to be seven and a half hours long. I just want to prepare everybody. But maybe let's start by talking about this snatch game. So we all have opinions, but the opinion that matters most is Miss Sutton Lee's. So what did you think of the Snatch Game? How was it? Oh, I, I was thoroughly entertained. You know, I've seen, <laughs> I've always liked to say, are you a good Snatch or are you a bad Snatch? And I think this year's Snatch Game was a success. However, there was also a lot of bad, but the good outweighed the bad. Mm-hmm. Overall, a great, great Snatch Game. There's a lot of fun choices, a lot of improv 101, yes and moments, which you always need in the Snatch Game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did their homework and I think you know if you're going to make obscure choices I think this was a great year of obscurity because at the end of the day you want the kids to go home and Google who Dorothy Parker is you know <laughs> um, so uh, God you, I really hope they do I fucking love Dorothy Parker right? <laughs> I was so excited about that choice I just I fucking love Dorothy I Parker I wish they gave her more screen time too. too I wish they did mm. overall I thought it was a great snatch game I don't know if you want to talk specifics yet oh um, well I do um, but what what did y'all think before we get into the specifics? I was underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, but you know what it is? Is that I always overhype myself for Snatch Game. And then I watch and go, hmm. And then I remember, wait, you're just only remembering the amazing parts of the mm-hmm. other ones. And you filtered out everything that wasn't great. And, and when I actually sit down and look at the different, you know, because I watched a bunch of the old ones to prep for this, uh, like rewatch them, of course. And it's like there's usually two, maybe three people who do a really good job. Um, and then there's always people who bomb. Mm-hmm. And then the question, like what changes it in my mind from a overall good or an overall poor snatch game always comes down to how the people in the middle do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I remember that they exist or not. <laughs> um, so for me, the people in the middle, like I was so disappointed with Miss Cracker's showing. I expected so much more um, because she's so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and the bombs were real bombs. So for me, I had to remind myself, no, the people who did a good job did a really good job. Yeah. And that's so it actually I think was a normal Snatch game. Myself. Yeah, I go through the cycle every year with this, I, with this thing. I have. You know what? I'm gonna wait. Clint, what did you think? I'll sure. go last. Uh, sure. Well, 
as we said before, this is my first Snatch game, so this is my It was well and truly hyped for you, though. Yeah, it was. I cannot was, shut my job at Snatch it, it was built up quite a bit, uh, as evidenced by us building an entire episode around it. Um, like, we had other things, which we'll get into later, but we decided to reserve those for minisodes because we wanted to talk about Snatch games so much. So, yeah, as as is, like, I thought it was a really decent showing. I mean, again, like, this is also me being introduced to the format in general, so I was sure. still absorbing that. But I thought, um, you know, people did a good showing. I also agree with uh, with Kate that, you know, the, the, the lows are really low, but the highs are really high. Um, and then this morning I also did a little, little bit of prep and I watched probably like six seasons worth of like highlight reel clip snatch mm-hmm. games. And so that that put this season in greater relief for me. It was like, oh, well, like, you know, yeah, there were some cringeworthy parts of the snatch game, but like on the whole, it seemed like it held up pretty well compared to some snatch games in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I was really excited about the sophistication of some of the jokes too mm-hmm. like oh man uh, my angelou monet exchange I know. was so, so smart good. i was so happy to get a good Maya Angelou yeah. after what we got from Chi Chi Devane yeah. uh, on All Stars 3. I don't know if you've seen that one No, yet. I have not seen that one. Be ready. Just be prepared. It, <laughs> good, good, good. It's yeah. not good. Yeah, yeah. It's a very lovable queen giving mm. a very disappointing showing That is Maya unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, that was me learning that like detail is the most important thing with Absolutely. these with these things. Like what, what going back and seeing uh uh, oh, who did uh, Michelle Visage? But like that level Sharon of detail needles, yeah. in, yeah. Uppers, downers, and candy corns. <laughs> yes, it was beautiful. Well, just the way she, yeah, bantered with Rue. Um, yeah, those performances are the ones that I really resonate with. And like, so, so my Angela was probably my favorite. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that it was pretty good, but that's because as a person who, not as a person who appreciates great drag, although I do appreciate great drag. By the way, suddenly Seymour's here. That's really great drag. Um, I uh, really enjoy a snatch game where the highs are really high and the lows are really low. Oh, I would good. much rather have somebody crash and burn than just be kind of boring and forgettable. Mm. And I feel like a lot of the snatch games recently, the bads have been boring and forgettable as opposed to, oh my God, what a disaster. Yeah. Where I'm thinking of like... I think it was season four where Milan did Diana Ross and it was incomprehensible. Oh, yeah, oh my God. I did see that one. Right? right? Or like Kenya Michaels was Beyonce and it was oh. just her like falling off of chairs and things. Oh, I kind of loved that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's great TV. Yeah. It's not necessarily a good impersonation. It's not funny for the right reasons, but it's great TV. Right. So I feel like this was a, a good example of the highs being high for good reasons and the lows being low for entertaining reasons as opposed to people sort of sleepwalking or phoning it in like I'm thinking of um, the first all-star season when they did the sort of snatch game alternate where they did RuPaul's gaffin and I don't remember any of it no neither do I like at all and that was a bunch of really great queens and I all I remember is that Nina Flowers went home and that made me incredibly upset and that's all I remember about it so I that was episode two right was it really I think so I feel like I have to because and and well, we're, we're sidetracking, but in, in season one of All Stars, they got double eliminated, you know, because they, yeah. pa- they paired up. You're totally right, because the first episode, it was Pandora and so on. And Mimi, I'm first. Yes, who went home. And then, and then yeah, Nina yeah. and Tammy would have been second. So I'm glad they got rid of the gaffin. I love the Snatch Game. It's a simple concept. And with drag, because drag is such a, uh, an 
overly detailed uh, art form, keeping certain things simple is best for your audience because it can be overwhelming to take the character in, to be taking in what the drag queen is saying is. So if you've got a simple structure and a simple formula, something like Snatch Game works, mm-hmm. you know. Well, it's a great showcase for what great drag queens can do, you know, right. the, the detailing of the costumes, the ability to improvise, the, the comedic chops, you know. I think it's, you know, it's a simple game show structure for that. Um, so... Let me ask you this yeah. before we get into individuals, because I want to talk about everybody this season and like how they did, because obviously that's the focus of the conversation. But what, in your opinion, makes a great Snatch Game performance? Um, a great Snatch Game performance. Obviously, you know, you don't want to rely fully on just the look. Or that body. Or you just stop relying on that body. You know, you have to have a decent impersonation, which is why someone like Beyonce is hard to do. Because Beyonce, as incredible as an artist as she is, you know, she doesn't have those little quirks that we all come to love. People like Liza Minnelli or Eartha Kitt or little Edie Beale for. And we uh, those three people have had successful Snatch Games. So you want to find someone who is going to be quirky, you know, uh, and not just fierce. What is fierce? You know, like, Mm -hmm. how do you have a conversation with someone who can walk the runway really awesome, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think quirks and ticks are really, really fun. Like when Ben De La Creme did... um, Paul Lind. Yeah. That was incredible. And so anti-drag, but yet so drag. Mm-hmm. So you want it's, something like that's going to stand out. So I, lo- I always look for the quirky quality. And if you can match the voice, even if it's not back to Sharon Needles playing Michelle Visage, I wouldn't say it was a flawless impersonation of Michelle Visage, but it was memorable because she was able to get that banter with RuPaul that Michelle and RuPaul naturally have. And Sharon Needles succeeded at that. And that's why she succeeded. Mm-hmm. So. Totally. I think that's what helps. So who, obviously we have like top, middle, bottom. And for, for what did the you call record, me? bitch. So uh, the winner obviously is Aquaria playing Melania Trump. Shocker. Briefly yeah. Michelle Obama and then Melania Trump. I, that is a shocker. I would never, in a, if you had asked me to predict mm-hmm. who was going to win, I thought there was a decent chance Aquaria was going to be eliminated this episode. I would never have <laughs> no. guessed. Oh, wow. um, winner Aquaria. The other high entries were Monet Exchange as Maya Angelou and Eureka O'Hara as Honey Boo Boo. Our safe entries were Cameron Michaels as China. By the way, side note, our own Dominic Suzanne Mayer, <laughs> who, f- who walked Clint and I through the wonders of WrestleMania, came over to my house to watch Snatch Game as direct repayment for me sitting through WrestleMania. <laughs> and the fact that somebody did a professional wrestler on Snatch Game felt like kismet. It felt like a little <laughs> gift just for just Dom for being it up on a there. Plate. It was great. Yeah. Ms. Cracker was also safe as Dorothy Parker. Low, Asia O'Hara as Beyonce. Um, told a great joke in the judging panel, and that is probably really useful. The Vixen was in the bottom two as Blue Avery Carter and Moni Cart um, of uh, Dragon fame, or whatever it is she said, oh, played yeah. Maxine oh. Waters and was eliminated. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, heartbreaking. So do you all feel like those three... Our top three of Melania, Maya Angelou, and Honey Boo Boo were the correct top three. Uh, absolutely, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Obviously, yeah. it seemed very yeah. clear cut to me. I didn't have any question about who was going to be in the top. And mm-hmm. I, I don't. If if 
Monet Exchange had won as Maya Angelou or if Eureka had won as Honey Boo Boo, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been mad at that either. Yeah. All, all of three of them were so strong and mm-hmm. it, it was just, it was great. So. Yeah, I almost couldn't help but feel as though the reason they didn't pick Eureka, or at least one of the minor reasons was because then she would have been oh, the winner three weeks in a row, right? I mean, that would have been interesting at least. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's helpful when you, a little bit like Tatiana in season two, and you only watched the Snatch Game, so you yeah. wouldn't know that like the general impression of Tatiana in season two was that she was just kind of pretty and that was it. Mm. So then she showed up with this incredible Britney Spears and it was like, what the actual fuck? (laughs) It was really surprising. And I think that is sort of what led to her win, even though I would personally give the edge to Pandora Box's Carol Channing, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm sure we'll get back to. (laughs) Um, But I think Aquaria had a little bit of an edge in that I just never in a million years was an element of surprise. Total surprise because she is, she has, a reputation in New York to be a look queen. She's not exactly a performing queen. She performs mm. very well. She can do a, a hell of a good split, and she can dance kind of, mm. you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she's not known for impersonations. So mm. that was, and she played to her strengths. And the fact yeah. that she was smart enough to use her weakness and make it her strength, mm-hmm. because she even says, "I'm not good with words. Who else is not good with words?" Oh, Melania Trump, and she. Mm-hmm. Well, she used her face so wonderfully. So, yeah, like, she, those yeah. facial expressions were yeah. so Well, and the paint job was great. Yeah. But uh, I, I think props. that, uh, and I want to talk about the best one-liners, but one of my favorite gags of the whole evening was when she, the question about Lady Bunny where it was like very kind and smart and also keeps the party going and something, something, and a good and... <laughs> and kind gentleman and it was yeah. just like it went on and on and on which it's is like a great a way email. of being like yeah. I'm not great with words and I'm just gonna emphasize that yeah. <laughs> it worked really well um, another thing I liked with Aquaria is there was an answer where you, if you look at her card you can see that she crossed out one yes. answer so she crossed out it was the brownies question and mm. she crossed out the Trump card oh, yeah, and yeah. then wrote mm-hmm. urine hookers yes. and then said urine from Russian hookers as the thing to go in the brownies mm-hmm. and you can see how the trump card would be a funny answer but she obviously thought of a better one and went with that and yeah. i think that that shows some real smarts right, i didn't right. know you could do that <laughs> <laughs> well now you know well, now i know um so our other top two uh my angelou and honey boo boo oh, would either my. of you have gone for one of the, either of you all of you any of you have gone for all of them any of them as well. God damn! Oh, I was having an aquarium moment. I'm not right, being right, right. Well, they were also good for different reasons, yeah. right? Like, like we said before, Maya Angelou was so detail oriented, and the impression was spot on. And then Honey Boo Boo just had that eureka energy of just like dominating. Oh, whenever the drawing the pictures to drawing so in the inspired. belly to drawing on her face, really smart. Well, because it's a way of escalating the same joke in, yeah. in a really fascinating way. Yeah, well, I would been fine with both of them. The people who did the best are the ones who had. Who were smart about it, basically, right? Mm -hmm. We already talked about uh, Aquarius with Melania. and like the, I really love the Michelle Obama thing. I didn't care for that, but the oh, rest you of, didn't. No, I was I like, it's genius. I thought it was funny. So long. Anyways, everybody else. It worked for everybody else. The help so me clearly. was great. Oh, and she the also called RuPaul Obama. Obama. That was, yeah. Yeah. Barack. That <laughs> yeah. was very good. Yeah. Thank you, Barack. But <laughs> with Eureka drawing because if you draw something they have to ask you about it which means you get more time yeah. mm-hmm. and she knows that she can she, she can, can do she, that she can so she good can, yeah. at that yeah um so again it was just playing to a strength uh we I'm going to come back to that when we get to Cameron as well but um from I would have given it to Monet absolutely I thought by far the best for me um cuz I, I think it also helped that we're coming off of that whole 
My aunt which, she hadn't, yeah. seen, oh, which yeah. she hadn't seen. Which she hadn't seen because of when they filmed it. Right. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, because yeah. that's the impression I get from like whenever earlier Snatch Games have a really bad impression that like yeah. kind of like Beyonce sort of becomes cursed a little bit where like it's almost like it's tough to really get out from the shadow of those earlier bad impressions. So like yeah. the fact that Monet Exchange was able to do that yeah. um, is really impressive. For, for me, her runway look cost, it, cost her. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool and smart and not super well executed was my thought. Yeah. Her, like, warrior. And she didn't realize how smart it was, I don't think. You know, like, I think, was that a thing? This one, Michelle had an entirely different read on it. Yeah, she had an entire different story, and Monet had an entirely different story. But we can talk about the looks later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I would I, w- I would have given it to Monet. Just on Snatchkey performance, that was the funniest one to me. And again, playing she had done the preparation. She got the cage bird thing out of the way. Because right Mariah the- Carey lost the key. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. It was just yeah. the perfect moment because that was the moment RuPaul gave Chi Chi Devane and Chi Chi Devane dropped it. And so we got that moment back and Monet Exchange killed it. Just mm-hmm. killed it, yeah. yeah. That soliloquy. My favorite was the soliloquy. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Cut the... Yeah, <laughs> um, but actually, I think my favorite Monet moment was when uh, Monique, as Maxine Waters says, aren't you dead? And she said, like the dust, still I rise. <laughs> it was so good. It was. A, it reminded me of in season five, and I'm sure we'll come back to this, when... Uh, when um, Ooh, what the fuck is her name? Marilyn Monroe. Costumes. Ivy Winters. Co- thank you. Oh. Ivy Winters. Uh, completely oh. Winters. Winters dropped the Kennedy question, like completely boggled oh the God. president's yes. question. And then Jinx, as little Edie, went, my cousin actually was in all the magazines at the top and just like <laughs> knew when to get in yeah. and make sure that she was picking up every opportunity. Yeah, you have to see and that's what that Monet moment felt to me. You have to know the history of your characters. You And you have to know. You can't just say, reclaiming my time exactly yeah. you have to know what the relationships are and, and where they come from because then you, then you just have reclaiming my time over and over again or in the case of Ivy Winters just mm-hmm. going oh, I, oh no oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh. so happy um, you have to know their personality yeah. right yeah. And, and that's the Marilyn thing it's just like a voice you know a voice you know one right. thing but mm-hmm. you don't know, like that's such a rich character to do right and mm-hmm. to just be so surfacey on well, it and same thing is true with yeah. Maxine Waters there's yeah. so much there but Knowing one little video clip is not going to It's always right. particularly excruciating when you can watch RuPaul setting them up for jokes. Yeah. They just whiff. Cool. So first it was, can I call you Auntie Maxine? And mm-hmm. then she didn't do any of the typical auntie things we think yeah. of, right? And then it was, are, what are you, you're representing Compton or Inglewood? And then oh, that she, didn't no. go anywhere. Oh, and it was just like. Uh, and then she got pulled into that Beyonce Blue Ivy mess, which yeah. we'll revisit in a moment. Mm-hmm. So, Clint, no, do we have to? Kate would have <laughs> given it to to Monet Exchange. Mm-hmm. Who would you have given it to? Oh, it's so t- like I said, they're so good for so many different reasons. I almost feel like I would have given it to Eureka just for sheer, just crazy energy. Um, I just think and specificity, specificity, and again, like committing to a joke, a consistent joke that's built on a character um, that you're able to build as a sequence over the course of an entire thing. The fact that that you're able to, um, you know, improvise your way, catch all these curveballs that are coming your way, but also still build to a single performance and a single gag Mm -hmm. is great. I'm boring. I would have given it to Aquaria, and that was just cemented by the runway look, which I'm sure we'll get to eventually. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was great. I would have given it to RuPaul because <laughs> she had to deal with some bullshit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. And she even said it. like she. And the winner is 
Me. Yeah. So good for RuPaul. Good for RuPaul. Because there was a lot of crazy up in there. So how do we feel about the the middle queens? About Cameron Michaels as China and Ms. Cracker as Dorothy Parker. I mean, what's more? What more yeah. can you say other than they got lucky that they're in the middle? You yeah. know, they got lucky that other queens kind of failed a little bit harder than they did. Not saying that they failed, but I feel like Ms. Cracker had a lot of opportunity and didn't didn't nail it as much. She was trying to play her salty Ms. Crackerness um and trying to portray Dorothy Parker and it just it wasn't landing like say an obscure choice like Le- little Edie Beale was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and so it just wasn't landing. Um and then for Cameron Michaels you know, it was a good choice for him. I, I don't know who else he would have done. It was a very good choice for him, and so that was smart. Mm-hmm. His best moment was when he went to his lower drop, voice drop, and yeah. used testosterone as the punchline. It's like, okay, well, now you're safe. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've been feeling about him this entire season. He's just been kind of playing safe. He's not taking extreme risks, and you have to in this show. Mm-hmm. He's got great looks. I do like his personality, but he's not being risky enough. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I agree. Yeah, I frankly was surprised that Cameron did as well mm. as they did right like the because has been one of the quieter queens yeah too, so it's, it's and I don't know why it is that I expected that like every mm. time that Cameron's been asked to be funny Cameron has been funny at least reasonably funny right mm. but funny mm, enough yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah passably funny <laughs> acceptably funny <laughs> um, mm, not the least not Unfunny. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I thought that it was a really smart choice, and I liked the testosterone, and I liked eating all the beef. That was the one I thought was good. good. And another very prop-heavy performance too, like the protein shakes. Right. The like casual shaking of the protein shake was fun. Yeah. The uh, the curls. Yeah. Um, I I'm guessing it seems like I really liked that one the best. I thought it was a really good china, and I think I think Cameron did. I mean, and this is I don't I've never seen any other stuff from Cameron outside of the show so I don't want to be damning a fake praise or assuming that she couldn't slay this normally but she did way better than I expected yeah I feel like she did about the best that she was going to do because these are not her strengths at least I feel like you have to she... really go for it you have to jump and interrupt other people that's not Cameron no yeah. you're yeah. right I feel like she's coming into her own a little bit like, yeah. As, yeah. we'll see It's it's it seems like she's at one of those at like a precipice where it could yeah. go either way mm-hmm. uh, what I was startled by was in I didn't watch all of Untucked because, frankly, I just, I cannot take that much arguing. I just can't. Like, I'm just not, I just can't. Um, I'm just here to fight. (laughs) Totally. And I just, I I don't have the mental space for it right now. I just don't. But I watched the beginning and Cameron's shock at not being in the bottom was was really surprising to me. But you have to remember, too, how much we are shown and how much is edited. These filming days are... Anywhere from 12 to 14 hour days. So we don't know how much we didn't see. So they could have been filming and maybe they filmed so much and so much flopped that we didn't hmm. see, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. But I, I was also shocked to see how shocked they were. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I thought, oh, but of course editing. Editing, right. Mm-hmm. Even with that, though, it's hard to imagine – 
no matter how many jokes she stepped on, that it could possibly have been worse than the bottom three. (sighs) There's going to be no better transition than that. Let's talk about Beyonce, Blue Ivy, and Maxine Waters and that absolute shit show. Yeah, this is my first Snatch Game, and even I am thinking, like, what was... What was she thinking doing Beyonce? Like I feel mm. like there are a few Drag Race cardinal rules. And while Clint is new to Drag Race, mm. the two Welcome. of you are not. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Never take off your wig unless there's another wig underneath. True. Like at least one. Mm. Big, at least one, if not more than one. We'll talk about that because I have, I have got things to say. Great. Right. <laughs> oh, well. um, don't talk back to the judges on the runway. Mm. Just don't. Mm. Don't do that. Um, know your fucking words. We'll come back to that too. Um, and don't do Beyonce or Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh my god! Like, and it's not just a curse thing. You you can't do somebody who's all look. You can't yeah. do somebody whose predominant trait is professional and fierce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless there is a way, unless you've come up with some brilliant way to make that a gag. Like, what a terrible idea! Mm-hmm. And the fact that anybody would think. Yeah, okay, I'm going to give that a go. After having seen other people bomb, talented people bomb yeah. is beyond me. I can't I can't believe it. When she said that's what she was thinking about, I was like, what, what on earth are you thinking? Yeah. You must have seen the show. Mm-hmm. Surely you have at least watched the Snatch Games. Yeah. And it's not like they failed because they missed the obvious. It's not. This is not a Maya Angelou situation. Where, totally, yeah. where Gigi didn't have a caged bird answer ready. Like that's that's. Or like, you know, I'm thinking like Celia Cruz, right? Yeah. Where oh, it was man. just. Or God bless, just, and I swear to God, it's one of my favorites. Yara Sophia doing Amy Winehouse. Oh, that was just so funny. I love it so much, and she did not succeed. But it is great television. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like that. It's not like someone just missing the mark. Right. It's it's like, like oh, there's a reason. The people have failed. Yeah. It's yeah. really hard. Like what I said earlier was you need to know the personality. You need to know the character. And mm-hmm. Beyonce works really hard to make sure we don't know who she is. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like how do you work with, like you said, professionalism and, and fierce? And I feel like the impression that I got from both this and the other Beyonce attempts I saw is that they try to impose character traits upon her that do not fit Beyonce. Like right. Asia O'Hara was really angry, angry and confrontational and like that's not Beyonce. And I wonder if that was the feeling that Asia was feeling that day because she was so stressed. Yeah. Because she, she did not feel very confident talking to Rue and Bianca Del Rio. Love yeah. the cameo by Bianca Del Rio, by the Agreed. way. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. But um, it was so, it just, the anger that sh- Asia was exuding was just kind of like, is this what Asia's like? What, like, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a performance. Yeah, it felt a little bit frazzled a little bit. And that's another thing, like seeing the entire episode as opposed to clips from Snatch Game, like seeing the, uh, seeing the workroom prelude when Rue's making the rounds and you sort of get these little editing signposts of like who's going to do well and who's not going to. Mm -hmm. So like there's things like um, visiting Eureka and Eureka originally is going to do Divine, but Eureka listens to the note and does something that is a little bit more to their strengths. Uh, Whereas Asia just, I'm going to do Beyonce and I'm going to commit to Beyonce. What was her other choice to? It was Beyonce and there's another character and I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I almost feel like maybe... I don't know if there well, was. Well, Rue suggested that she do another member of Destiny's Child. Right. But she, did she specifically say that? Because yeah. it's a great suggestion, but she did. did she, 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 did? she did specifically oh, yeah. say that. You should do another member of Destiny's Child because the, you can work from that kind of thing. Exactly. Right. Well, 
because Asia brought up Beyonce in the, Beyonce in the first place because Rue said, well, could you do someone from Texas? You know, because she's a Texas queen. Mm-hmm. And then she said, well, I could do Beyonce. And oh, yeah. So, so, and then, then Rue tried to immediately pivot her and that didn't. Is Beyonce I from Texas? I don't know. Kelly. I don't know. Yeah. She is. She's from Houston. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. 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 The more um, you know, ding, right. ding, ding. <laughs> well, Houston, the reason why it didn't work. Um, uh, I think that if she had done like Kelly, yeah. then she could have been angry and it might have almost worked. Mm-hmm. But even then, it felt just angry. Um, yeah. not like comedy. Yeah. It felt just like yeah. anger. It, it, it was not like, it was not comedy. That was not was comedy. Not, no. Listen, people, watching people fail is funny, but that <laughs> Was a tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Well, especially because in this particular snatch game, and maybe this is a bit of a transition, but a Beyonce character had someone else to work off of in this, and that was also sort of a whiff too. Like it wasn't like, um, you know, Beyonce and Blue Ivy had like a back and forth too. There are I immediately just now, and I want to make two things really clear. One, I'm obviously not a drag queen. Two, I'm not particularly funny. And two <laughs> things occurred to me just now that could have made Asia's shit better. She could have either been angry the whole time, except for when she was talking to Blue Ivy, yeah. or because she could have been angry only at Blue Ivy and been like pageant queen the rest of the time. Right. Either of those might not have been good, but would at least have been something. It's Give a second a, thing to do. Something uh, like some kind of different, like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of situation. Yeah, that's totally. funny. That's funny. Well, then that's a larger commentary on like, you know, the the, the face that Beyonce presents to the public too, mm-hmm. as opposed, you know, that's something, it's an angle you can play. Yeah. Well, and again, did they, I guess they didn't do too well working together no. No. last oh. time. And did they not learn from the DragCon panels? Don't just be mean. It doesn't. Oh, it, you it, have to do it, something. Crash else. and burn with that. You know, like last that was last episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It just kind of felt like sass was a crutch. It for felt Asia. like, and this is transitioning to the vixen, I guess. But to me, Blue Ivy, it felt like she might have been not great, but okay. If two things had happened, if she had been seated next to anyone but Eureka, mm-hmm. and if. Mm-hmm the Beyonce thing wasn't happening because some of the like petulant child beauty pageant stuff she was doing wasn't funny but was in reasonably engaging it to could me. have been a good choice early on like Vixen was at least reacting to things that were going on yes yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. but the her animosity toward Eureka um, which didn't come across as like funny one kid doesn't like another kid stuff it just felt like personal yeah um and the weird stuff, and she did seem to honestly be trying to play with Asia mm. in a way that, like, maybe wasn't totally warranted because Asia didn't seem to try to be responding back. Mm. Um, I felt a little bit like she got, like, steamrollered by what Asia was doing. And maybe Blue Ivy could have at least been passable, if mm. not good, in but different circumstances. We, the thing is, the public eye, we don't know who Blue Ivy really right. is. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, it's anything... So you see on Instagram. Uh, any, exactly. Anything the Vixen did, sh- without the crutch of having... Asia as Beyonce, she could have done something really unique. She could have been like the first like really kooky version of Blue Ivy that we don't see. Maybe she could have, she could have been like a crazy brat and then gone back to the Instagram poses. Mm-hmm. Like something like that would have been funny. She could have done like Tyra did in her season when she had to play a baby and she had that really deep voice. 
Yeah. Hmm. Like she could have done, she could have like looked like a perfect little baby and then just gone into yeah. like. Yeah. There was a chance to take a recognizable, but not like she hugely present She could have posed like Beyonce and then done like ha 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 ha. Right. And like all <laughs> Jay-Z shit. Right. Oh, that would have yeah. been really funny. And that would have caught RuPaul off guard because if you're going to present something What's funny is like presenting this beautiful creature and then giving the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Stuff like that makes Mm -hmm. RuPaul laugh. So you got to know what's going to make RuPaul laugh. Kimmy Jong Un, for example. (laughs) Hilarious. Hilarious. Not a winner. That's a middle pack person that I still remember because it was off kilter enough and unusual enough and Mm -hmm. Chicago Queen. Oh, really? That, like, yeah. Well, and think of uh, Bendela's Maggie Smith. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Bendela didn't do Maggie Smith. Better than the Dowager Countess. Yeah. Didn't matter. Another, it Citrus. Matter. It was funny. Citrus. So this act, the fact that it felt like felt like Vixen was saying, or was thinking, the thought process was, well, we don't know what Blue Ivy sounds like, so I just won't talk. Or I just yeah. won't, you know, like, because we don't know, so I can't imita- imitate that. It's like, mm. Well, you know, Maggie Smith doesn't sound like that. You have to stand out in like these that. games. Like, you can't... Right, but you, you just buy you it. You make a choice. It's so extreme and so yeah. ridiculous that you just buy it for what yeah. it is and call it Maggie Smith. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, whatever it is she said, I don't remember. And then Eureka went next and went, I'm Alana, I'm six, and I'm a beauty queen. <laughs> Which is, I remember. I didn't even watch that show and I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, it's very distinctive. And Honey Boo Boo is kind of not really... A thing anymore. An, a, a thing no, anymore. Yeah. No, it's it's not, matter at all. But people still know who that is. Right. Well, and then Eureka didn't rely on the catch for, like at no point I don't think Eureka's ever said, you know, dollar makes me hollow, that kind of stuff. So it was it was a I win- forgot about that. Right. I was right. waiting for her to say You're welcome. Ain't nothing wrong with being gay. Everybody's a little gay. She used like none yeah. of honey boo-boo. And yet it was go-go still juice. honey boo boo. Exactly. It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah, did so, you see her drink the, the go juice? Oh yeah. She was she great. Had yeah, she there. had the go go juice. Yeah. But she didn't make it a joke. She, she right. it was just part of the character. Yeah. yeah. And that's what made it funny. Yeah. Right. I'm Alana, I'm six, <laughs> and I'm a beauty queen. <laughs> I dare you to go into Starbucks tomorrow morning and order your coffee like that. Have them write down that. I'm Alana, I'm six. And I'm a beauty queen. Please do that. I will totally do that. I want you to put that on Instagram. Coffee for Elena? (laughs) For Elena, I'm six. I'm a beauty queen. Yeah, no, No. nobody. Okay. I want Aquaria Um, to go into Starbucks as Melania Trump and see see what happens. Oh, God. Um, Last one. (sighs) Oh, right. Oh, right. Did you talk Miss Cracker or no? We did. we did. Oh, Brief. no, oh, no we didn't actually. Let's we went talk straight more to about Miss Cracker. Yeah. I have to admit, that seems about appropriate. I expected Dorothy Parker to absolutely kill. I, I expected Dorothy Parker would be kind of like little Edie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what she thought too. Yeah. yeah. And it just, it was every line that we got was good. But not great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we didn't get a lot of I don't either. know why she wasn't drunk. I don't know why she didn't have a martini. I don't know why she wasn't lighting multiple cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I just wish that it had been funnier. Yeah. She yeah. seemed really nervous. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Well, that surprises me because yeah. Ms. Cracker, I know Ms. Cracker from New York City. Um, she's a very smart queen. She's quick on her feet. She can talk on a microphone. Yeah. Uh, unlike, unlike anybody I, I've ever seen. She's very, very funny. She can take a, a, the worst piece of shit person in the audience and just read them to filth <laughs> with, and then having them beg for more. She's a very, very smart queen. Now, But she's not known for impersonations. And she's also a very, very smart queen. She, she got her MFA. She's very, or is it, I don't know. She got, she's got a master's. <laughs> 
Max, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, she's a very, very smart queen. So I thought Dorothy Parker, oh, she's going to kill this. She knows exactly what the she's doing. The look was great. It mm-hmm. was great. But when you're listening to her, and now let me ask you this. Now, do you, when you were listening to Ms. Cracker talk as Dorothy Parker, did you hear Dorothy Parker? Well, I don't know what Dorothy Parker sounds like, right. but it sounded the way that Dorothy Parker writes. Okay. Um, like my favorite, and I'm paraphrasing because I've been drinking, very Dorothy Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, one and I'm two and I'm on the floor, three and I'm something and four and whatever. Oh, she didn't do any of that. No, yeah. she didn't. She could have done, like how um, Monet Exchange took the opportunity to write a little poem. Why didn't Miss Cracker do that? There, mm-hmm. I mean, Dorothy Parker is eminently quotable. Yeah. Um, and the things that she said were spot on in terms of tone. Like specifically, I love an evening telling jokes with beautiful, funny people. So you can imagine my disappointment was very Dorothy mm-hmm. Parker. Um, the swimsuit issue was very Dorothy Parker. Um, but like when she said that to Audra McDonald, I just refuse to believe that Ms. Cracker doesn't know who Audra McDonald is. Mm-hmm. Is that possible? I don't. Well, she's she's not a big Broadway queen. But Audra McDonald. Uh, you know, there are people in the world who don't know who Audra McDonald are. I refuse Hit to believe like that. and subscribe if you don't know who Audra McDonald <laughs> is. <laughs> Regardless, what I yeah. sort of assumed that that was part of the joke. Like, I don't, I heard you had a swimsuit issue to someone who is obviously not the swimsuit model because Dorothy Parker was also kind of a drunk, right? Yeah. Um, and then that, like, that was a really good line. And again, who knows how much we didn't see because of the edit, but it just, right. it didn't feel um, particularly fun. And Dorothy Parker, it was all acidic. It was all a little bit sad, but it's all really fun. If you've never read Laments for the Living, it's just heaven. Uh, it's good little F- LFF. Yum, 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 yum. It's so good. It's yeah. wonderful. But it didn't feel like that. Yeah. It felt yeah. like a big missed opportunity, a smart choice, a totally acceptable choice, um, an acceptable yeah. performance so, with some good moments. What you're but. saying is Miss mm-hmm. Cracker should be changing her name to Miss Opportunity. Oh. This is why you're here. I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, maybe one of the problems was uh, that, I mean, Miss Cracker's really good at one-liners and Dorothy Parker's really good at one-liners. So yeah, it, 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 at a certain extent, right. that, that fit. But- Having that in a field of, like we said, people like uh, like Monet Exchange's Maya Angelou or Eureka's Honey Boo Boo, where it's a building joke throughout the throughout the course of the Snatch Game. Um, having Dorothy Parker come in like every so often, like it it was one of those things where um, one thing I'm noticing with the Snatch Games is like I'll notice when like oh it's been a while since we've heard from somebody. It's been a while. Yeah, right. Yeah, she didn't get a lot of screen time. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a thing in the edit where like she just didn't have a lot of great zingers or whatnot, but um, but. Having like these fully formed characters with these consistent modes, as opposed to Dorothy Parker, Dorothy Parker, who is a, uh, a you know a wonderful joke machine. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder if maybe that made less impact than these other like more layered impersonations. It, she, it, if it had been in the line of what Maya Angelou was doing, where the writerly part of her was a function of the character, that uh-huh. would have been like if she'd had cocktail napkins and just been scribbling shit on co- like it would have mm-hmm. been great. Uh, the quote that I forgot because I just <laughs> cannot. Let that let stand. That abide, yeah. I just can't. Is uh, I like to have a martini, two at the very most. After three, I'm under the table. After four, I'm under the host. <laughs> <laughs> See? Beautiful. See? That's yeah. good. Work with it. Use it. Work with me. When you're <laughs> picking somebody like Dorothy Parker, you're setting yourself up for a really 
tall task. And granted, we all thought Miss Cracker would be able to do it, but you're setting yourself up to, to be a legendary wit and, and humorist. So, like Alaska doing Mae West. Well, uh, that's exactly what I thought of what Alaska did so memorably yeah. was yes. take very famous Mae West and then turn them on its head. Just turn the ending. So, I mean, I don't know Dorothy Parker. I know Dorothy Parker, but I don't know enough of her quotes to know if this would work. Right. Maybe just have more of those ready to go with a different twist on the end. I think the difference is that someone like Mae West, uh, people... Even though you might not be super familiar with Mae West, everybody is familiar with. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? Everybody knows that. You've so watched all, Looney Tunes, all, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all Alaska had to do was say that one time at the beginning, and people say, "I know exactly who this person is right now." Dorothy Parker, even though she's quotable, not like Mae West. Mm-hmm. So even though Mae West may be considered obscure, not to the gay world necessarily, not mm-hmm. to the audience members, unless you're like a 13 year old girl, which. You know, let's be real. That's a lot of the RuPaul's Drag Race audience That's now. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a 13-year-old girl. Gr- me too. <laughs> so, I don't know. If if we just got that one quote from Ms. Cracker saying, this is who this person is. Here's the here's the one thing that we all know who Dorothy Parker is. This is how we know her. Mm-hmm. Then I think people would have been more on board with it. But we didn't get yeah. that opportunity. She didn't get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's why yeah. she's Miss Opportunity. Ms. <laughs> Ms. Opportunity. opportunity. Yes, yes, indeed. So, Ms. Representative from... California. Mm. Um, I was really bummed about Maxine Waters, guys. Yeah, that was. She tried. She tried. Yeah. Yeah, She tried to do the one paragraph off of Wikipedia. Yeah, it was like an upworthy. She watched one upworthy video of Maxine Waters (laughs) and then, like, just decided to replicate it. Do you know what she could have done? Even if she was not familiar with anything else other than reclaiming my time, just rephrasing reclaiming my time. She could have done st- something stupid like, you know, um, <laughs> uh, reclaiming my reclaiming my highlight. or, recla- or She could have dropped the marker and said, reclaiming my pen, reclaiming my pen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Like, it was very disappointing. And, the, uh, and then Rue kept setting her up for jokes and she kept And she kept laughing. She get, you get that laugh. Like, oh, 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 right. Which was great. But like, at the, it's fun to watch people crack up but she was it just showed she's not focused she's not really here she's not in character and I feel like there were a lot of opportunities to play off Melania and I feel like that didn't happen very often yeah you know? well and when she did it just felt aggressive and not funny yeah. well, and well Monique did say that she threw a bunch of things at at Melania at Aquaria and Aquaria yeah. and she said Aquaria you weren't picking that up yeah. but you can't blame Aquaria because yeah. right. it's not my job to make you funny right <laughs> true like paraphrasing exactly. such a good line it's yeah. true it's also very true yes yeah uh, it was just a shame and then like you know and then the 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 look I think was the look was I didn't hate was, the look it was just fine it was, it was fine. fine it was a fine look it wasn't the worst yeah but it wasn't the best it was yeah. not anywhere near the best and then that lip sync oh Can we? boy oh boy Mm. Oh. I want to continue talking about Snatch Game overall in a second, but I was—I've never been prouder to call a thing. In I life. want to ask. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, yes. As a person who lip syncs, as a person who has done competitive drag, <laughs> as a so you think you yeah, can drag Miss, so you can so you think you can drag whatever year that yeah. was. Oh God. As a person who maybe someday will be on Drag Race, how angry does it make you when somebody doesn't know their fucking words? It you, would make me incredibly angry. You know, I think every drag queen has been there in that moment where you just don't know the words. It doesn't make me angry because I know I've been in that situation before. Mm. Mm. And you just kind of 
do the best that you can and then accept the fact that you're going to lose that night. And I think she was at peace with that. Even in, uh, you didn't, I don't know if you watched, uh, you didn't watch the end of Untucked, but she said at the end of Untucked, she said, I knew if I was in the bottom two, I would be going home. So there was sort of a sad, I'm at peace with this moment. She tried and I knew the second, the second the wig, she whipped the wig off, I knew she was done because that's Mama Rue's number one rule. Like, don't whip that wig off your head. Now, I think the reason why she did that, not for dramatic effect, Mm -hmm. but it was falling off. And so she's like, I can't do anything. Mm -hmm. So let me just get rid of this. If I were her, not knowing the words, I would try to make it a Bit, being like, I'm going to take my hair, this long hair, I'm going to pull it in front of my mouth and see if I can't get this knot undone and get through these words that I don't know and then move on and then I know these words and then, oh no, the hair's in my face again and let me get, like, you can make it a bit. If you can get rude or laugh, maybe that could have get, gotten you a redemption, mm-hmm. but in this case, she threw her wig away. Yeah, well, I feel like it was especially charged, this lip sync, after after the runway chat and everything and after that explosive sort of argument too. Oh, where, where, like, I, for me personally, it was sort of that secondhand and if Vixen makes it, like, there's going to be a hard conversation after. So, like, part of oh, me was like, ah, oh, you yeah, know, that's going to be terrible. You know, like, I'm not looking for, I'm not looking forward to it, and I'm very looking forward exactly, to it. Exactly, yeah. because that's going to be such a good television. It's going to be great television, but I also get a lot of secondhand embarrassment for people. So maybe that's one reason why I held off on like RuPaul on RuPaul's Drag Race and a lot of reality TV competition because I I always feel so bad for people when they do badly on television. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can see it in Ru's face when she's disappointed. Yeah. When that wig f- came off of Monique's oh, head, yeah. she Those like you can just broke my heart. You can just see they they do a quick cut to RuPaul, and you, it's like even though her face isn't moving, you see every muscle move, and it's all going <laughs> downward in disappointment. Yeah. It, you can feel yep. that energy. She's got she's that type of person. You can feel Absolutely. her energy. Well, and she knows she's on camera, and she's a great reality TV host. She really is. Yeah. Like, Emmy award winning. Emmy award winning yeah. RuPaul Charles. <laughs> So Rue knows exactly when to let that, like fucking Valentina not taking that mask off. This is something oh. Clint hasn't seen. Oh. But watching Rue be like. that thing off your face. What part of lip sync for your life do you not understand? Like, oh. It's like somebody Well, could you imagine if Asia had been in the lip sync I know, that's life. what I thought was going to happen. I thought, oh my God, Asia's going to have to lip this- I wanted it to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted Asia to lip sync just mask. for the fact that she had that mask on and what would she have done? Right. Yeah. Quick uh, straw poll. What did we think of the mask? I'm actually pro mask. I'm pro mask. Oh, I, yeah. I love okay, it. Good. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. I was confused why people were anti mask. I didn't love the look. No, I loved the mask. The look yeah. was disgusting, but because it was disgusting, it made the mask work, and I all of a sudden wanted to watch uh, the Shape of Water. Totally. Yes. <laughs> but that's why, like the massive tit. I was like, that doesn't. That's cognitive dissonance that doesn't work for me. Yeah. If it had been. If like the the body had matched the you mask, I think the, they would have loved the mask. I hit it. Yeah. You know what it was? I get rid of the hair. Don't don't make it just yeah. a ma- make it a whole thing. Yes, Give totally. Me, yeah. Oh, that's great. It would have totally been right. t- mm-hmm. such a stronger. I think a stronger statement. Like here, you build say, it around the mask. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come out, sexy as- bombshell body, fish head. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Not like fish face with supermodel hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, the hair was like this is it's weird. It's like when the Phantom of the Opera takes his mask off, and you're like, oh God, Michael Crawford, why? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I'm like, oh God, Gerard Butler, why? <laughs> oh, Gerard <laughs> Butler. What have I mean, happened to Gerard Butler? You're making me sad with that. Yeah. Uh, Geostorm <laughs> happened. That's uh, am I the only one who thought that Asia should have been lip syncing? Yes, no, I thought she no. should have been. Oh, I think the reason she didn't is that she made the judges laugh in her critique. Yeah. That, I yeah. think that's why. Maybe because that swung it. the vixen got defensive and kind of mean mm-hmm. and. Monique got defensive kind of me, yeah, okay. and Asia made the judges laugh. That's yeah. true. That's what I think. I I'm, think she would have been, mm, and that's I why. don't know, though. Maybe Okay, maybe she did make them laugh, but then I I, I also don't buy that because Asia's, uh, Asia's look was better than Monique's. That's true. Mm. And Monique's look, I, I feel for the girl. Like, she doesn't have a lot of money, and it's very impressive that she is able to pull what look she can. Did I hate her look? No. But was Asia's look better? Yes. And I it think was. that's what truly mm. set her apart. Because yeah. I'm sorry. Same is true of the Vixen. Going yeah. back mm. to last week's episode where Blair St. Clair, or as I like to call it, Blur, um, <laughs> <laughs> she, she, you know, she uh, confessed, you know, the trials and tribulations that she was going through what be, with her first sexual experience being raped. And, like... That you, but she was still in the bottom too. Yeah. yeah, you know, so you can't just say, "Oh, I made the uh, judges cry, so I'm not in the bottom," or "I made the judges laugh." You know, that's true. I do yeah. think the feedback and the talking back does play a part in it, but at the end of the day, it comes down to how is your performance and how is your look. Yeah, and if one is faltering, then you're in the bottom. Well, yeah, and does Rue want you to stay in the show? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And do the producers want you yeah. to True. Yeah. True. Yeah. And Asia, I mean, you got to give cre- credit to Asia because she had a, she knew she had a bad snatch game. So she went balls to the wall, full out. This is my look. It's going to be bold and strong. You're mm. either going to love it or hate it. But it will be a talking point. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it was. Yeah. And she's still on the show. that it moved right. with her mouth. I was very that was, I was so happy about mouth. that, that it yeah. wasn't just a stiff thing that was, yeah. it sort of articulated oh. I don't know how she did it. Let's talk yeah. more about a stiff thing, Clint. <laughs> well. <laughs> um, do you agree? I'm assuming we're all on board with the elimination. Obviously. Oh, after the lip sync, yeah. She didn't know the words. She didn't know the words. And she even said, I didn't know the words, America. Yeah. She didn't know the words. Like, even Monique knew she needed to go after that performance. Yeah. I think that the Vixen, nothing but support for a Chicago queen, right. but I think the Vixen got very lucky. Oh, 100%. Because that, that tit in her armpit oh my God. was bad. God. That's what I meant. I don't say this often, but Kate Upton, you were very right. And that is <laughs> You know what? Kate Upton, pretty good guest judge. Yeah, she was. Not an all-time great guest judge. But Audra might actually be an all-time great guest judge, mm-hmm. but Kate Upton- She held her own. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. She seemed to understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And not all the times do judges seem to know what's going on. Yeah, me- I rewatched when Gigi Hadid was on, I was and she had no idea what was happening. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she had no idea what was going on. Correct me if I'm wrong. I read a little bit. Maybe this is skipping ahead. But like for the Snatch Game, I hear rumors that like Rue was so upset at how unprepared Gigi was and the other judges that, they, that Rue went backstage you know, I don't know. Maybe oh. this is not. Yeah. I, I, I don't I know. Saw that as Maybe well. this is not a thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never mind. did not know that, but oh, it could okay. be. It could just be it's gossip. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But yeah. There's plenty of drag race gossip on the internet. Oh, I'm 100%. There is no shortage of drag race gossip on the internet. <laughs> That's something I'm learning. If you contribute to drag race gossip, hit like or subscribe. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Comment, please. Uh, how often 
does that figure in your life? Do you I have mean, people like every April being like, hey, are you going to be on Drag Race? Uh, are you going to be on Drag Race? Yeah. <laughs> that happens? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. You know, if you're a local queen, which I'm a very proud local queen, that's a thing. You go to hashtag local queen and it's, you know, queens who have not been on Drag Race, which is probably over a million of them. <laughs> um, so, you know, people always ask you, like, are you going to be on Drag Race? Well, I don't know. Uh-huh. If they call, maybe I will be. And wouldn't that be something? Mm -hmm. So it's not like, you know, it's like when you move to New York City to become an actor (laughs) and you get those people who say, why aren't you on Broadway? (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy. So I feel like I would get more like, when are you going to become like a a first act dead body on Law and Order? Like that's your beginning of your acting. Oh man, dreams come true, you know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope for the day that joggers find me in the first five minutes of a television show. I just want, I just want to be a dead body on NCIS (laughs) so I can put it on my my bio so when I'm in my off, off Broadway of if you give a pig a pancake, people can see that I was on TV (laughs) one time. I just love that that you were with if you give a pig a pancake. (laughs) It's good. Yeah, it's That's beautiful. That's a lovely book. <laughs> uh, I'm educated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fun fact: Sutton Lee and I went to college together. We sure oh, did. Uh, I once directed Miss Sutton Lee um, mm. in what we'll call boy drag uh, oh, in man. a play called at the time it was called Arbor, Arbor Day. Day. It's now called All Saints Day by Ron Ricci, and uh, Sutton Lee in her boy drag <laughs> played like a like an omniscient narrator type yeah. who kept showing up to announce the change in scene, which made no sense, but, but it was brilliant. But in a <laughs> wheelchair. With fishnets on, like at the end of Rocky Horror, and high so heels. I sort of feel a little bit like, uh, like it to was what the very are you taking credit like, like, like half drag, <laughs> like suddenly is half drag. Experience. So my legs, which is my favorite part of my body, uh-huh, right, right. <laughs> totally great. <laughs> very good though. Um, that, was a, that was a fun play, wasn't it? That it was, was a good. fun play. It was really good. Othello. Oh, Miss Sutton Lee was wonderful in Othello. They tried to make me so butch in college. Oh. I they, they gave me as many leading men roles That's as possible, true. and then I moved to New York. You turned it out, though. Mm-hmm. I you tried. I tried. Mm-hmm. Though in Othello, they gave me a really big cape, and I just was living my dark face. <laughs> of course, oh. you were. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, question for the panel: Clint, having watched a bunch of highlight reels, mm-hmm. and the rest of us having seen. All the snatch games. Who are some of the the best? Who are your favorites overall? Yes, mm. in in the history, history, the history, the history. Hmm. I'm on a Hershey bar now. <laughs> um, I think immediately to mind is Jinx Monsoon as Little Edie Beal as oh a hu- huge fan. Hi, the scandal, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. Thank heaven you're here. Just, she was so committed and it was, faded. but like, she really woke America up to Grey Gardens. Yes, there's the movie with Drew Barrymore, but I can't remember if this was after the movie with Drew Barrymore or before. I <laughs> think it was before. It was definitely after the musical. No, after. It was after. It was after? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was after. It, but it, like, it baffled I, me the idea. Kate just gave me a look that I am going to describe in a sound as this. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lucy. Nobody's done Lucy on. I want to talk about this. People no, who have not. Chanel did Lucy. Oh, she did? I'm double checking. Yeah, yeah. Also, RuPaul's Gaffin. Oh, that's right. It was the no. Gaffin. Seal Ball. Yep. Not that mm-hmm. good. It was not that good. Um, 
So well, correct me if I'm wrong, Allison. You were telling me that like a lot of people didn't know who Little Edie was. Like whenever well, they did the that. other queens, the other queens didn't. didn't. That blew my yeah. damn mind. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It's like I know who Little Edie to is. To me, that was nerd. the equivalent of a drag queen saying, "I don't know what Paris is burning is." Yeah, you know that's what that felt like to me. I was shocked. I was appalled. So I think Jinx Monsoon probably took the you were RuPaul'd. <laughs> Boo. You know, know that that's, one hasn't that's my happened role yet. In the We've had RuPaul. Mm. We've had congratulations, but Redemption. no one has said I am repulsed. <laughs> well, that's, that's my contribution right. to there the lexicon. Go. Right out of the gate. Vanjie. Vanjie. Oh my God. <laughs> you use that if and when you're on the show. You say, I am repulsed right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll know. And then yeah. we at TV Party will be like, yes, yes, yes. Quietly mutter copyright Clint Worthington. <laughs> Here's a question. Okay, Alaska. I think Alaska, in the two Snatch Games she's done, who do you prefer Alaska as? Uh, Lady Bunny or as Mae West? Mae West. Lady Bunny, because that was the one I saw. Uh-huh. I didn't see the Mae West one. Oh, it was so good. I missed that one. I'm not familiar with Lady Bunny outside of just like a few things. Oh, so God, it was a lot. I, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I did do my fair share of Googling. Response. Um, so I'm only somewhat familiar. I'm much more familiar with Mae West. So that mm. one landed for me. I don't I can't say it's necessarily better. It's just the one I'm more familiar with. I prefer Mae West, but I have to say that, well, Julie, I just wrote Anus. Anus. is one of my <laughs> favorite Snatch Game that responses of all. Like, if I were ranking just the responses that might be number one, it would be up there with a baby in her lap, which is <laughs> the other one that I just love so much. Um, and there are obviously other greats, so I'm sure we'll get to some of them. But mm. Mae West, Asterisk, I just wrote Adis. Is that like I still? I rewatched that episode, and the whole time I was like, Jinx, 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 Anus. <laughs> and it comes after like it's like the third or fourth answer to that question too, and it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. A Taylor Swift lunchbox, and you're like, whatever. Anus. <laughs> it's so good. Just the word anus. Is anus. So yeah. fun. So Jinx. Who else? Um. For me, the best one overall is season six. The top three are oh, so they're so, so good. Strong. Yeah, yeah. And you top three again. Good. It was Bianca, Adore, Adore. Yeah, yeah. And uh, where's that? Uh, ben, 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 Maggie Smith. And there were other good ones. There were that other year good too. ones too. Um, and there were some bad ones, which works mm-hmm. for you. Yes. <laughs> um, the the one that I had forgotten about, but surprised me, was just Jocelyn. How good. No. Oh. Was Jocelyn Ginger Minj as Adele? Oh my God. Yes, that was good. Really, really good. Yes, I guess. Oh, brilliant. I yeah. have to go back and watch all these. You know mm-hmm. who else was good? good? Darian Lake as... Um, Paula Dean. Yes. That's yeah. also season six. That was surprising. Six. Like, so yeah. season six is also Darian and also Jocelyn Fox, who has another one of my favorite responses, which is something is flavored with... Cumin. Yes, cumin. <laughs> cumin. Cumin. Yes. Great example of committing to the I think it's pronounced cumin. Pause, 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 pause. Coming. <laughs> pause, pause. Can I get a Pinot Grigio? It's so good. Also, well, in the old country, it no. First, we thought it was pronounced Judice, and then we thought it was Judice. But we learned in the old country, it was pronounced Johnson. 
<laughs> I really like Jocelyn Fox. I do too. Uh, well, in that season, in that one, everybody who did a terrible job was just set up for Bianca. So like, yeah, yeah, yep. beauty fades. Um, Doll Miss Forever. <laughs> um, based on my brief snapshot of Snatch Games, I was a huge fan of Chad Michaels as Cher. Oh, the wig She's changes. Yes. That was the wig great. changes that doobed everybody yeah, but Bob the Drag Cher. Queen. Yeah, that one of the worst moments in that season six is when Trinity K. Bonet, bless her, great drag race moments in her history, her story, uh, not writing anything down because she was changing her wig. Right. Yeah. Oh, that was cringy. Ooh. Priorities. Yeah. No, Priorities. No. Girl. Uh, <laughs> I was actually a big fan of uh, whoever played Eartha Kitt in season eight. That's Chi 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wears panties? What are those? <laughs> <laughs> well, and everybody was so grumpy about her, like, it's time for my bath. And then, like, <laughs> I was like, no, that's genius. That's good. That's what great. are you complaining just, like, about? Pick a thing and do it. I just really wanted Chi Chi Devane to go into Eartha Kitt's compromise monologue. Have you seen that clip? I have not. Well, um, she's doing an interview, and oh, yeah, and yeah. this guy is asking Eartha Kitt, if a man ever came into your life, um, do you think you would uh, compromise? And she goes, compromise? What is this? What is compromise? What is compromise? <laughs> <laughs> and it just, it's, you need to YouTube that. I, okay. You, it's, yeah, I it's think incredible. I uh, I'm going to put suddenly on the spot here. Can okay. you just for a second do a little bit of Yzma for us? Oh, Yzma. Oh, God. Okay. Come on. Okay, hold You've on. You've got all mm-hmm. of Yzma in your back pocket. I mean, okay, hold on. <laughs> for those who don't know, Yzma... Is one of the great, the great, mostly unheralded Disney villains from the Emperor's New Groove, mm-hmm. oh. voiced by Eartha Kitt. Um, so to get into Eartha Kitt, I always go back to uh, the Wild Party. So they call it, <clears throat> she <clears throat> have some water. She goes, so you think the party's gonna last forever, and so then you're there, and then you're there, and first I'll turn him into a flea, and then I'll put that flea inside of a box, and then I'll put that box inside of another box, and then I'll put that box in the, ma- <laughs> uh, and wait, wait, how's the monologue go? It's been a long time. Oh, and then I'll mail that box to myself, and when it arrives, I'll smash it with a hammer! <laughs> or oh, to save on postage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Anyway. That's great. Enough of forcing you to do things without warning you. <laughs> dance, uh, monkey, dance. <laughs> Anybody else? You owe me $20, grades? by the yeah, way. Yeah, well, obviously. Right. <laughs> um, I agree that Chad um, Michaels is a great. I'm a big fan of both Pandora Box as Carol Channing and Tatiana as Brittany. Yeah, that was and great. And that seems to be a debate that sits in the heart of every Drag Race fan. So I'm curious. Tatiana. Is it like a Team Edward, Team Jacob thing? Like, you get pretty much. Between yeah, them? season Which two of Drag you bring Race. up Twilight Sorry. in a Drag Race episode. Sorry. How dare you? I, I'm, a, I'm a heretic. I'm a blasphemer. <laughs> invading this space. Tatiana versus, for, I mean, I'm such a Pandora Box fan. Me too. I mean, I thought Tatiana was great as Britney Spears, but that was a fluke, girl. Like, that was not an Her impress- Ariana Grande was bad. That's Her Ariana wrong. Grande was terrible. And I love Tatiana, you know, but that was bad. You know who'd be really good on the Snatch Game? Is Ariana Grande. <laughs> I'm not yeah. joking you. Oh, no, you're right. No, she's, I hadn't she's... thought about that. She has all those impressions. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. If you have not listened or go- But she could only face in one direction the whole time. Well, it worked, you know. <laughs> ma- ma- 
designers make it work. You know, yeah. she made it work. You you need to go out and YouTube Ariana Grande with Jimmy Fallon. Then she does all these yeah. impersonations. It's incredible. Yeah. But how do you impersonate someone like Ariana Grande? It's like the same thing as imitating mm-hmm. Beyonce. You can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can do the only being photographed on one side thing, and that's See, about it. Now I want you to take your master list here, and you need to make the ultimate snatch game episode. Send it to World <laughs> of Wonder and say you need to make an episode of Snatch Game that is the best of the best Just of all the Snatch, snatch Game All Stars and yeah. have everybody who's okay. We're doing this. Yeah, make it. This happen. is happening right now. Okay, season one, the high people were Tatiana as Brittany, Pandora Box as Carol Channing, and sort of Juju B as Kimora Lee Simmons, not Simmons anymore. You, okay, then you keep Pandora Box. Yeah, Pandora. Are we agreed? Yes. Okay, yes. I'm gonna write this. I'm gonna write this. I'm list not gonna down. lie, Jessica Wilde's RuPaul confused. I. I kind of love it. Yeah. I sort of love it. It was one of those things where it was so out of character. It's not good, but it is entertaining. Uh Uh-huh. Good, not good, but bold. But I think there are other contenders. Her RuPaul is kind of funny, but there are better contenders. Yes. Okay, I'm a, I'm saying let's make the master list. Gotcha. Okay, so so Pan- I'm I'm bolding. So we got it. Okay. All right. So Pandora. <laughs> All right, season three, our highs were Stacey Land Matthews as Monique. Yes. But actually just doing the character from Precious. Mm-hmm. Alexis Mateo as a pregnant butch Alicia Keys. <laughs> what? And Raja as Tyra Banks bleeding from the eyes from smizing. Um, I think Stacey Land Matthews. I would probably yeah. go with Stacey Lane again. Okay, great. Although I have a real fondness for, for Alexis Mateo hitting on Amber Rose. <laughs> I thought that was really fun. But it made, it just. All right, wasn't. season four, our highs. Chad Michaels as Cher. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Sharon Needles as Michelle Visage. Ooh. And uh, Willem as Jessica Simpson. I feel like that has to be Chad. Yeah. I yeah. love yeah. Sharon yeah. as Michelle, but it's. It was, just, it was so good. It was so good. All yeah. right, season five. Jinx as Little Edie. Yes. Alaska mm. as Lady Bunny. Mm. Roxy as Tamar Braxton. That's little, Jinx. Little, yeah. yeah, totally Jinx. Without yeah. question. What, arguably the best. There are other cases to be made, but conceivably the best. Um, she had the best six, costume for the day. Maybe the huh. highest. I think this is the highest top three. Yeah. yeah. Bendelik Krem as Maggie Smith. Yes. Adora Delano as Anna Nicole. Bianca Del Rio oh. as Judge Judy. I mean, if you, you, yeah. you can't not include Bianca as Judge Judy because it's classic, but I loved Adore's. Um, well, and I love yeah. Maggie Smith. But, and the only thing that does it for me is that I would include Paul Lind, so then we don't need Maggie Smith. I think we could. T- I would r- rather have Paul Lind over Maggie Smith. So let's okay. come back to that. So then it's just: do you pick Adora? Do you pick the? Other All right. So who is uh, Adora? What did Adora do again? And Nicole, Nicole Smith, which was really good. was really really funny. Um, I think you need Bianca because she's going to be better. Yeah. On yeah. Her feet and mm-hmm. interacting with the other people. But then the other thing you look at is look at who you have. What fills out the personality? Right, right, but can, right. Uh, can we have two in this case? I mean, sure, because yes. we can yeah, yeah, yeah. skip another season. Totally, <laughs> and, hell yeah. That's We're gonna f- so we'll take both Adora and Bianca, Great. and we'll save Ben for later. And that was another fun thing about season ten is that that was my first exposure to Bianca Del Rio as as Judge oh, Judy too, and then I went right. back. Uh, the great thing about seeing Bianca live is part of her shtick is she'll pull people from the audience and just read them, <laughs> and they are so happy. Yeah, yeah. it's j- you've never seen someone so delighted to be insulted. It's wonderful. 
Beautiful. reading another thing I found out about from this episode for the very first time. <laughs> the library I'm learning. Is open. It's fundamental. Right. It's fun and mental. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got, who is season seven? Season seven. I didn't love season seven. Save it, season Adele. seven, we had a tie. Ginger Minge as Adele and Kennedy Davenport as Little Richard with another high from Katya as Susie Orman. I think mm. I would prefer Ginger Minge as Adele. Yeah, Little Richard's was funny, but it relied on a couple of ticks. All you, but all she, all she did was, ooh, yeah. and like that's not going to last yeah. with these other Had some good responses, but I think Adele yeah, yeah. was better. Okay, so Ginger and Are we Adele. agreed there, Kate? Oh, absolutely. Cool. Season eight. Winner, Bob the Drag Queen as Go both Bob. Uzo Aduba as Crazy Eyes. And Carol Channing as Carol Channing. Uh-huh. With the other highs, Derek Barry as Britney Spears and Thorgy Thor as Michael Jackson. I feel like this is easily Bob. Uh, Derek Barry. I think Derek Barry is incredibly entertaining to watch on stage, but that isn't even the best Britney in the list. No. So, so no need for two Britney. Do we keep Bob then as. Um, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Bob Azuzo? Either one. Well, that, we already have Carol Channing, though. Do you have. Well, that, that Uzo was. Dueling Carols. Dueling Carols. I'm fine with Dueling Carols. I would love that. Are you kidding? That'd be so entertaining. In fact, we no, we should. I was about to say we could have Pandora also do Crazy Eyes, but that's a terrible mm-hmm. idea. Oh, yeah. 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 But we could have Pandora do Piper. Oh, <laughs> we, no, like, man. we could have Pandora that, do somebody from Orange is the New Black. Br- if they That'd both be fun. Cha- that'd and they could go back and forth. All right, season nine. Our winner was Alexis Michelle as Liza Minnelli. Eh. Our highs are Nina Bonina Brown as Jasmine Masters and Sasha Velour as Marlena Dietrich. And I would absolutely include Sasha as yeah. Marlena Dietrich. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just the. the um, Sasha is uh, Marlena Dietrich. Teutonic bisexuals make the best lavas. I just, mm-hmm. I want to see Sasha's Mar- Marlene interact with Jinx's Lily. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I want that in my life. Season 10. Um, so we've got Aquaria, Monet, and Eureka. Okay. So do you count? Okay. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. so. Ooh. It's stacked. It's ooh. stacked. Okay, so there's only one slot left because if it's going to be a cast of ten. we still have the all-stars. Oh, my God. We're going to have to cut some people, people. Oh, no. No, it'll just be a big panel. A big panel? Oh, a really gosh. big panel. Okay, maybe mm. a panel of 12. A quorum? A yes, quorum. because we'll skip first season of all-stars. Great. So then we have 12. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. Um, although we do have two in one season. I'm going to vote Aquaria as Melania because mm. I I just thought she was the most consistent. She was the most consistent. Well, though Monet was so good. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm torn. My vote's for Monet. I think mine might be for Eureka. Yeah. Ooh. See, this is another like instance of why this one was so stacked. Well, let's let's look. We have Carol Channing, Monique, Cher, Little Edie, Anna Nicole Smith, Judge Judy, Adele, Uzuduba, uh, Marlena Dietrich. Honey Boo Boo is very different. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Again, I, you guys liked Melania more than I did. I would go either Honey Boo Boo or Maya Angelou. I would go with in that case. I would go with Maya Angelou. So I'd go with Monet Exchange. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm good. I with think Monet. I agree. Okay, yeah. so we're gonna say Monet, Monet Exchange. Monet. Yeah. And then our All Stars is oh, uh, you May have West. May West and and Paul Lind. So and you've Paul got Lind. you've got Alaska mm-hmm. and Ben de la Creme. So that's thirteen. Mm. No, wait, what, wait, what? 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 Because we have two from one season. <gasps> oh, there was a Bjork in All Stars too. I yeah. wasn't God, able to find yeah. a clip. Oh, it's really. Oh man, good. I need to see that. The Bjork is really good, but yeah. but May West was the clear winner. Oh, for sure. Um, we could. I only count twelve. We got Pandora. Who am I forgetting? Pandora. Oh, you're right because there wasn't a season one. That is twelve. Right. Uh, so yeah. you've got Pandora Box as Carol Channing, Stacey Lane Matthews as Monique, Chad Michaels as Cher. Uh, hold on. Hold I on. want to picture this as the back row. 
in the back row from left to right, <laughs> Pandora's Carol Channing, Stacey Lynn Matthews is Monique, Chad Michaels is Cher, Jinx Monsoon is Little Edie, yes. Ben Dele- nope, sorry, Adora Delano is Anna Nicole Smith, and Bianca Del Rio is Judge Judy. Perfect. In the front row, we have Ginger Minj as Adele, Bob the Drag, drag Queen as whoever. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, as someone. Anyone. Sasha de Velour as Marlena Dietrich. Monet Exchange as Maya Angelou. Alaska Thunderfuck 5000 as Mae West. And Benda Creme as Paul Lind. Perfect. That is like, that is, I would pay so much money. So much money. <laughs> to see that happen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. RuPaul. Are you listening, producers? RuPaul, please, please make, make this it happen. happen. Yeah. Make it happen. We did the work for make you. Make it like a telethon for charity and rake yeah. in the dollars. Oh, my God. Come on. That's a good idea. Right? It's beautiful, yeah. I would watch that. And I then mean, we'll add a 13th spot for whenever you're on the show. Oh, yes, see, yes. I, you know, You know, if I don't get on the show, I'm doing okay. Oh, you're doing great. Yeah. You don't need the show. The show needs you. Oh, that's you nice go. to hear. Gosh. <laughs> kissing I, ass. I just yeah. don't. <laughs> like we do with all our guests in the best way. Oh. Because yes. we love them. God, I, I wish someone would kiss my ass sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, who do you think is going to win this season? I don't Ooh. know. That's why I love this season. Because I, you know, when when Bianca was on season six, spoiler alert, you know, you were like, okay, Bianca Del Rio is going to win this. You knew when Bob the Drag Queen was on, you yeah. knew Bob was going to win this. Sorry, Clint, spoiler alert. Uh, that's fine. So, <laughs> I, I okay, so I think I can give you my top four. Where's your list of the top? Okay, I think the top four right now... Uh, okay, my top four right now are Aquaria, Monet, Eureka, and Cracker. Those are my yeah. top four. Yep. However, if you take out Eureka, you put in Asia. Or if you keep Asia, if you keep Eureka and get rid of Ms. Cracker, you got Asia. So it's 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 one of those things where I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do think the show, I could be wrong, but there have been some clues to make me think and wonder if the show is setting it up. For Aquaria to win. Hmm. Mm, okay. I think the show is setting up for Eureka to win. Yeah, especially with the season nine. Sort She's of. getting a very positive edit. Yes, but yeah. also they do love an upset. They do and love Aquaria, an upset. And Aquaria, they love, you know, Aquaria is young and she's proving herself to be, you know, she's not coming from nothing, She's and, but she's doing the work and she's showing that off. So I, then in that case, I think your top two contenders then are going to be Eureka and Aquaria. Mm-hmm. I, here's my like back of my brain theory. And the last time I had one of these, I was incredibly wrong. I want to make sure <laughs> that I make this clear because I would have bet a lot of money on BB actually being a spy because of the Handmaid's Tale shit. Right, but as right. it turns out, nobody who works on Drag Race has watched the Handmaid's Tale, <laughs> so they didn't know what they were setting up. It was just an incredibly um, tone-deaf reference. Yeah, it just yeah. like it was just like a pop cultural reference they didn't invest in, so they didn't deal with the fact that they could have had an eye and oh my god, <laughs> how much more interesting would All Stars 3 have been if actually somebody was a spy? Anyway, um Totally. Uh, My little theory is that I wonder if they're setting up someone to come back and actually do well. Because usually they bring a queen back and they're there for one episode and they fail. But I Mm. sort of wonder if maybe Mayhem Miller is not going to come back and then do really well. That's my theory. Because they've been building her up in the show as like the person who's been waiting so long to get on the show. She was underwhelming, but I don't think that she did badly enough to warrant a really early she elimination. She won the first week, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really feel like she should have been in the bottom two the week that she, the first week, or I guess mm. the final week she was in the bottom two. Yeah. And I do think she lost that lip sync. Mm. She did. But, um, 
Yeah, I'd that's my little theory. See, I want if they do bring someone back, and maybe I'm biased because she's my very good Judy. <laughs> I want Dusty Ray Bottoms to come back mm. because she should not have been at the bottom two yeah. in the first place. I agree. Yeah, so. I re- I really liked Dusty Ray Bottoms thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's a good queen. Yeah, she's very good queen. queen. She's a good queen. And she's your good Judy. She's my good Judy. <laughs> um, do we do we feel like there's anybody on this season that's like a lip sync assassin in the way that Pepper Monet was? Exchange? Yeah, Monet, Monet Exchange. Um, I would say Vixen because Vixen's one too, but no. like she's no. been, there's been Not such like a Peppermint. handicap. Yeah, there's been such Not a handicap. Like Peppermint, like, you Clint. Yeah. We're, I'm gonna have to sit you down and yeah, I, I need the education. This I rewatched me. that because I forgot that that first incredible Peppermint lip sync was a snatch game. Yeah. So I rewatched it yesterday mm. when they're doing the second night of a thousand Madonnas, and she does that bit where she times the drum beats into uh-huh. via yes. gun, oh. and it's like yum 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 yum. It's so I'm, apparently that's my noise of the night. I don't know why I'm doing. That, but I'm embracing it. Yeah, uh, and it was so good. It was so so good. I want to see Monet Exchange and Peppermint lip sync against each other because it wow. would just be. Well, they're both New York queens. You can make that. I know. Pe- yeah. Facilitate it. I can't afford Peppermint now. She's doing this upcoming Broadway show, and Monet. Is she Exchange- really? Yeah, she's doing oh, a show. Nice. It's in San Francisco, or at least it was in San Francisco. It's called Head Over Heels. It's coming to Broadway. All my friends in San Francisco are saying they went in thinking it was going to be terrible, and they leave saying it's the best bloody show they've seen in such oh, a long time. Oh, that's wonderful. So keep your eyes open for Peppermint in the upcoming Broadway show, Head Over Heels. That's great. What a nice, nice. plug. Oh, How generous of you. I'm a top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree that like I feel like the, you know, maybe top three would be Eureka, Aquaria, Miss Cracker, just because I feel like Miss Cracker and Aquaria are like playing two variations on the same theme a little bit so I'm wondering which one is going to like come ahead of it the It feels pack. like they're going to milk that for all they can. Oh, but 100%. I really would love to see Monet in the top three. I yeah, think, I would I, too. Yeah. I, she's great. I want to see them all in the top I know. three. Well, and I if they're like, going to continue the structure no. of last, of season nine, they yeah. need a top four and not a top I three. I was wondering, okay, are yeah. they going to go? Because I loved that setup yep. where they mm-hmm. don't where they have to chew, they have to lip sync against each other. It brings it back to you are a performance artist and you win by performing, you know? And I love right. that. I love that last year. So I'm hoping there's going to be a top four. So top four, Aquaria, Monet, Eureka. Oh, and it's either Ms. Cracker or Asia. For me, Vixen, Cameron, and Asia. Are Vixen? The... No, 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 or in the bottom. On oh, the bottom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, I think in, in no, no, no chance that they make it to the top four. I don't know. I think Cameron could go far just because he's coasting. Yeah, maybe. And I hate saying that because I really yeah. listen. Follow if you follow Cameron. I've been following Cameron Michaels for a long time, and not just because he's a very beautiful man. Mm-hmm. That's real. Um, but yeah. he is real. Honestly, he's really funny on his Instagram stories. He's really, mm. really funny, and he's also a really good lip syncer. And he's a phenomenal makeup artist. I have no doubt in my mind how or why he got on the show when I saw him come through the door I was like of course of course he's on the show he should be there I just wish um I just wish he could bring his personality that he shows on Instagram onto the show uh-huh. because I think Aquaria is proving that she's not just an Instagram queen Aquaria had over a hundred thousand followers before she got on drag race like she's she's a big deal she became a big deal very very fast thanks to the thanks to the um, Suzanne Barsh parties and all that Mm-hmm. Which are a big deal. Uh, that's how RuPaul, you know, became RuPaul. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was Aquarius' job to prove she is more than an, an Instagram queen, as it's taken Cameron some time to prove that he's more than a muscle queen. Mm-hmm. And as they're doing that, I don't know. Yeah, and some of that's the edit too. Yeah, 
Yeah. It's crazy. Well, the looks have been really good. The looks of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. too. But it's, it's, a st- it's a really stacked season. And, it, and you know, last season I didn't feel the same way about it until we got to like, the top four. And I was like, this is going to be a good top four. Oh, a really good top four. And yeah. we were talking about this earlier. And I was also, you know, when, when I watched the finale, I was like, I look forward to seeing the other three of these top four on All Stars when they yeah. come back. Yeah. And that's how I feel about this season, too. Do you think Vanjie will be in All Stars four? You know, maybe somebody asked me that the other five, day. Maybe? But yeah, it's maybe a while from now. You think but so? But I feel like maybe the most memeable moment in the history of Drag Race. Yeah. Someone said to me that this Miss Vanjie moment, it's just one moment. It's one catchphrase and it's not going to do anything for her future. I and really I sa- doubt that. And I said to this person, they also said talkies were just a fad. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I think, um, I would. I find it hard to believe that she's not getting... Plenty of bookings. Oh, right she's. Now. Fi- I I posted yesterday. I said, "Can we all just admit that Miss Vanjie won season ten of RuPaul's Drag Race? <laughs> yeah, she really. has been mentioned every episode. She yeah. makes RuPaul laugh, and she's not even on screen. And people are quoting her all over, not just the country, but the world. Yeah. Topher, remember Topher yeah. from college? He was just. He took a trip to Hong Kong, and you know what they were doing in Hong Kong? Miss Vanjie. <laughs> so she's an international sensation for one. Word. Well, and if you watch her on What You Packin with Michelle Visage, she's incredibly charming yeah. and fun. They, she's put up other videos with like around this season on the the Wow Presents um, YouTube mm-hmm. channel, and they've all been super approachable and and uh, and really really very good, like really fun and and and. The makeup one was really interesting. It was like a tutorial how she does her makeup and everything, and just the kind of thing that people who do well on the show who go far on the show are very natural at yeah. so I think that it's just like just was a fluke to, of how good this season is like yeah. normally she it's would a, not have been eliminated this I early agree. right but like if she's you know if every drag queen's fear to be eliminated first and she's the first queen to make it look really good yeah well her and Porkchop right like yeah. Victoria Porkchop Parker is the only other first eliminated queen to become sort of a thing. But right? she, but Porkchop was the first. Yes. You know, and so. And there are all kinds of people who haven't seen it. But still, you see, people say Porkchop in the show mm-hmm. all, all the time. The time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Um, you pay homage. I have one last question. Mm. What do you wish people who watch the show but don't know a ton about drag culture, uh-huh. what do you wish they knew when they were watching? Oh, um, who? Hmm. That's a good question. Mm. I think I would it's it's a different experience watching drag race and watching a, a live drag show. You know, I, don't don't think that you're an expert because you watch drag race. <laughs> you're not an expert just because you watch drag race. So I would say if you're going to a drag show, don't judge a person's performance by your your standards of Drag Race. It's a television show that is highly edited compared to a live experience where, you know, a wig could fall off or you might stutter on a word or someone might get too drunk and storm the stage. God, I wish they would get drunk people. Oh my God, that'd be a great <laughs> challenge on the show. RuPaul's Drunk Race. How do you, how do you, like, how, how do, you do you deal with drunk people? How do you yeah. deal with drunk oh, people on great. stage? Like, oh, when the, it's great. So, what do I wish for people to know is. 
I don't know. It's it's such a different experience, I think, that one that I, I've, I've not been on the show, so I don't know. I just wish people would stop coming to drag shows acting like mm-hmm. an expert because they just watched Drag Race yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Clint. No, that's fine. <laughs> no, I feel... No, no pressure at all. Well, on that note, this would be a great time to remind people that if you want to experience drag in real life and show up and not pretend like you know everything about drag just because you've seen Drag Race, you can find Suddenly (laughs) Seymour in New York City at Broadway Mondays at Hardware Bar, which is on... Monday, and uh, oh. at on Saturdays at Albatross Bar for Suddenly Seymour Live on Saturdays. Uh, you can also, if you're in Chicago tonight, this is Monday that you're hearing this. It's a Saturday that we're doing it, but time travel is a thing. What? That's true. So you can see Suddenly Seymour in Chicago on Monday, which is today when you're listening. If you're listening on Monday at Uptown Underground, I will be there. You can creepily come up to me and say, hi, I heard you on the podcast. I promise to not act like I'm weirded out by it. <laughs> uh, you can also find Suddenly Seymour on Twitter at the Suddenly, on Instagram at Suddenly Seymour, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Suddenly Seymour. Also on YouTube for a new YouTube channel, Drag Queen Talk Stuff. Mm. What can you find at Drag Queen Talk Stuff? Tell us about Drag Queen Talk Stuff. What stuff do you talk? We talk about everything. It's me and my partner in crime, Cacophony Daniels. We do the show Mm. at Broadway Mondays every Monday, and it's just us in our dressing room gabbing about everything from I mean we talk from we talk we eat we, we feed each other chips and protein bars <laughs> <laughs> we talk about Sold. we talk about boys and we shamelessly flirt with the bartenders coming into work uh, we talk about for everything from relationships um, a cacophony is in the middle of um, right now he is fostering a child he's in the process of adopting an 11 year old uh, wow. out of the closet kid who is just incredible um so we talk a lot about that but there's only so much we can talk about so hopefully by the end of this month he will be a full-fledged um uh son to my friend cacophony now this is the best part so we talk about a lot about adoption and what it means to be going through the system this kid has been through the system for years also loves drag loves his drag queen daddy named cacophony daniels so we named him harmony daniels oh that's great Oh. So drag- you should see our dumb faces right now. We all look so happy. <laughs> so Drag Queen Talk Stuff is just, it's its a funny little five to ten minute show about us just bantering with each other. And so, and I, we, I think it's stupid as shit and I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. Is there anything else that we should plug for you suddenly? Just my ass. No, uh, yeah. listen, uh, so I'm suddenly Seymour and if you don't get the joke, get an education. Um, yeah, Please come see me on Monday night if you're listening to this on Monday night. And if not, if you're a New York shitty, come and see me. We'll have a gay old time. Well, Beautiful. I can't put it better than that. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for yes, having thank you. me. We have I feel to like talk I got about an education. the thank rest God. of the TV now. Oh boy. Uh, but we're going to pause and, I don't know, play Yakety Sax or an ad or something. Sure. So suddenly you can get the hell out and we can talk about mm, Killing Eve. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever Every the fuck time. else. Every <laughs> time. Always. Yeah. Bye. 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 What a great conversation that we definitely just had. Oh, my God. We were so great. <laughs> yeah. I, in fairness, I want to say that we recorded all this stuff in one night. Yeah. Which is why we're so excited about that conversation, <laughs> even though we definitely just had it and did not record that first and then record everything else after. We shot out of sequence. Um, I think it is a delight. 
Yes. Uh, we were going to, in this episode, also talk about the NBC series coming up on its finale, Timeless. Mm-hmm. But suddenly Seymour is just magical. So instead we talked about Drag Race for two hours. Yeah. So we will, at some point this week, record another episode where we talk about Timeless, mm-hmm. where I'm going to say, I think it's really great and a huge improvement from season two. And where Clint's going to say, I don't know it because we haven't talked about it. And where Kate is going to say, it's... All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, it's really great. Uh, Annie Wershing, what do you think about it? Because yes, you also have an interview. that's a great interview. point. We are going to, Clint is going to be talking to Annie Wershing, um, who plays, Emma. what's her name? Emma. Emma. That's right. God. Why should we, are we even doing this episode? <laughs> you, you know what? Yeah. She's the saucy redhead. I'm bad with names. Mm-hmm. I've been constantly reminding myself to say suddenly Seymour and not suddenly not the name that suddenly Seymour went by in college <laughs> all night yeah my yeah. brain is jello anyway we are going to talk to Annie Wershing about timeless and about runaways, runaways. maybe a little bit of 24 because that's another action heavy role that she yeah. was in that kind of thing uh, and then the three of us will just talk about timeless mm-hmm. uh and how good Abigail Spencer is and everything oh my god <laughs> um and Malcolm Barrett, also amazing. Yeah. Anyway, um, Sakina Jaffrey, I fucking P- Peterson love her. Joseph. I everybody, just, everybody, everybody. There's yeah. a reason we were dedicating a whole mini yes. to it. So we are going to come back to that. And instead, we are going to talk about our picks for next week. We have sort of a general pick, which is the finale of Timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully season finale, possibly series finale. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get there, let's talk about our picks for next week. Yeah. Uh, Allison, what is your pick for next week? My pick for next week. I'm going to have two but we'll say 2.5. My point five is that the day you're listening to this, if you listen to this, the day it comes out, is the Met Gala. And I think that that E! Entertainment News is terrible, but I watch it every year on the Met Gala because I'm obsessed with the Met Gala. And I think it is incredibly exciting and a chance to see fashion treated as an art form, which it is. If you are a nerd about costume design, just care about the Met Gala because it's amazing. Um, so there's that. I will tolerate the mindless banter so I can see the beautiful fashion in motion. Um, but it's a half point because, again, I have to basically tune out everything yeah. everyone says. I feel like it's really presumptuous that they make us call it E-entertainment news. I feel like it's a waste of a syllable. E! Entertainment news. They already have the exclamation point. We right. should just call it e. e. So I am going to pick two things, one of which I know a lot about, one of which I know almost nothing about. Uh, one is Patrick Melrose, a miniseries starting on Showtime, starring Benedict Cumberbatch and Jennifer Jason Leigh. Um, the early buzz on this is really great, specifically around the performances. It's an adaptation of a series of Edward St. Aubin novels. It will probably be pretty dark and twisty, and I'm interested in all of that. But really, I am so here for the upcoming PBS slash BBC adaptation of Little Women. Uh, I have seen the first hour of this three-hour affair, I think, airing over three Sundays. Maybe it's two Sundays and one is two hours. I'm not sure. Um but it's great, unreservedly great. I went into it expecting, I don't know, something more sentimental, something uh, a little bit saccharine, something I was going to like. I'm the target audience for this. <laughs> uh, but instead, it's investing in these women as though they're really complicated and messy. 
um, particularly Marmy, I think is way more interesting here, played by Emily Watson, who's amazing, mm-hmm. uh, way more interesting here than she's ever been in another adaptation. Um, all four of the March sisters are great. Michael Gambon is in it and he is great. Angela Lansbury is playing Aunt March. Oh, that is a reason enough to watch. Um, it's far and away the most complex adaptation of Little Women I've ever seen. Uh, and it's also lushly photographed. It's beautiful, beautiful to look at. So I'm extremely excited about this adaptation. I encourage you all to watch it. Um, it's bizarrely Christmassy. Just hold tight. It's only going to feel like Christmas for about 40 minutes. <laughs> then it will feel less Christmassy, I promise. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited about Little Women. Excellent. Uh, Kate, what's your pick for next week? I'm very excited about Steven Universe, which is ha- has been back for a while, um, but uh, a few few episodes. But this week they have a two-parter, um, or they're airing two episodes. I don't know if there'll be a two-parter. I assume it will be because they don't do that often if it's not connected. But the episodes are Can't Go Back and A Single Pale Rose. And uh, Can't Go Back, uh, all I know about it is that <laughs> Ronaldo wakes up Steven because of some conspiracy thing about the 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 moon he's the local guy in the town who has like his own conspiracy like it would be like a zine but now it would be like he's got like a blog or a website then he shut that down because they did this whole episode about being an ally and, hmm. and, and it's this whole thing but so the fun thing for this is yes Ronaldo episodes uh, are a lot of fun and, and it could just be silly and ridiculous which is something the show does very well but also we know that there's a gem base on the moon and it could be tied in with the diamonds so that, which I know this is going this is all gobbledygook heads. to me but <laughs> I'm so delighted yeah it, it is uh, it is very like so it could just be nothing uh it could just be a totally silly standalone thing um or it could tie in with the larger diamond mythology and um what we don't know new album title calling it diamond mythology uh as far as as uh you know what what went down with um more recently with yellow and blue and of course we still haven't seen white so um listeners this is just for you they don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> then the second episode is a single pale rose, um, which is a, which is a pearl episode, and it's been so long since we had a pearl episode. Guys, pearl is the best. Um, she is. Uh, she was okay. So pearls are this class of gem aliens. Just go with me, aliens, um, who are a uh, servant class. And um, the main character, Stephen's mom, led a rebellion against this totalitarian regime of the gems ruled over by the diamonds. Um, and only a handful of those people or aliens or whatever survived. They're the crystal gems. One of them is Pearl, who was a servant, a slave, but gained her freedom and autonomy and re- like built her entire life out of being a servant into being a warrior and the, the closest ally of Stephen's mother. Um, rose, hence a single pale rose. Um, and anyways, but then there's so I can't even. It's so it's such a good show. You would love it if you would give it a shot. <laughs> the mythology anyways, sounds rich. Anyways, the point being, um, all I know about this one is that Pearl it has involves Pearl and her cell phone. The last time we saw Pearl with her cell phone, I believe, is the episode where she got the number of a cute girl, and it's been like quite a long time for 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 Pearl to even just put herself out there and interact with people in a sociable non-immediate family or save the universe kind of way so I'm very excited for hmm. a Pearl episode and it's going to have flashbacks and we're going to get some of her trauma and I think we find out exactly what kind of a Pearl she is which we already know if we read between the lines but it's very exciting 
So anyways, Steven Universe. I really want to watch Steven Universe based purely on the enthusiasm of your recommendation. It's one of the best shows on television. It mm-hmm. sounds so magical. It and I, I have to admit, I so I have um a like a weak spot in my DNA somewhere where I find it really hard to connect with specifically animated series. Mm-hmm. Not animated films. I don't have a problem with animated films. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I can enjoy an episode of an animated series. There are individual episodes of The Simpsons I think are brilliant. There are in- individual episodes of Animaniacs that I think are brilliant. There are individual episodes of Bojack Horseman I think are brilliant. But I have a really hard time sitting down to just watch them. I don't know why. It's like there's some sort of chemistry in my brain that just doesn't go there. Mm-hmm. But God, I feel like now I have to. That was like, <laughs> I don't you tease me with that. <laughs> I you don't say you that know shit what? unless you mean it. We need to do a just do this for me. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Well, we'll Please. put it on the books. Please. Oh. I'm so excited. Y'all should see you, her face. Yeah, the, the smile that just <laughs> fell across Kate's face is incredible. But there's also such a weight of responsibility because yeah. it's like very standalone the first like 10, 11 episodes before it starts to really kick in. There's a really great wrestling episode early on that actually like... Oh, there we go. We should yeah. get Dom on. Um, right? So there's well, a, You know what? I, we, to, we are. We, we are going to get Dom yes. on. Yes. We're the masters of our destiny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so okay. here's what yeah. we're going to okay, do. We'll we are out. absolutely going to do a Just Do This For Me with Steven Universe. And Dom will be on it because he fucking owes us because we watched 97 hours yes. of WrestleMania. I feel like we're still watching it right now. I think I'm always going to be watching it. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> We close, every time we close our eyes. That's watching it forever. Yeah. Uh, so Dom will be on. And then you, for Clint, will have to watch Power Rangers. Yes. I'll do it. Yeah, it's sure. okay. No, I'll, I'll, have you, I'll make you uh, watch the season that iZombie was a Power Ranger. That left oh, iZombie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I and now, and it's the season with, with her and uh, Malcolm from Jessica Jones. They were both Power Rangers in the same season. That's great. And then I'm going to make you watch just the musical numbers from Funny Girl on repeat for for like 26 hours. You know I'm okay with that. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting married to somebody who will make me do that. That's, okay, what, that's what my marriage is going to be. I'll actually pick a series that I think that we should all watch. But yeah. for now, I'm just going to pretend it's just the musical numbers from Funny Girl. Maybe only Fair the enough. musical numbers on roller skates. Oh, okay. All right. Um, you had another pick. I Oh, yes. The other thing um, that's a big finale this week is, of course, Atlanta, which has had a terrific, um, uh, often very troubling and um, dark second season, which they established right off the bat. I'm really looking forward to the, I'm sure there'll be like think pieces of plenty, but uh, looking forward to seeing what the finale is. Um, if it comes to any conclusion which it might not it might not but you know it's been a really interesting second season um there's been a lot of really terrific first season shows uh some of whom have had underwhelming second seasons for me jessica jones um some of whom have had really interesting and developed and like developing developing in a way you might expect second season though say insecure um this is just feels very different while still of a piece with atlanta and so it's i look forward to seeing how they choose to end the season um and it's you know talking about it and seeing what everybody else thinks too Mm -hmm. you will be able to find a finale review on which our finale reviews are also sort of season as a whole reviews on Consequence of Sound shortly mm-hmm. after that episode airs. So look mm-hmm. for that. 
Uh, Clint, what is your pick? Uh, my pick, I will not make anyone else watch it because I'm not sure that I'll watch the whole thing. But uh, I am intrigued by a trailer that I saw for a Netflix show. I feel like it's a limited series similar to Collateral, which we've uh, talk, talked about before. Uh, this is for a show called Safe, which is seems like a, it's an English, one of those uh, British season-long whodunits. It's based on a uh, based on a book by best-selling crime author Harlan Coben. And uh, yeah, it's gonna have I Michael didn't realize C. Hall. That. Yeah, it's from he's our... a great writer. Oh yeah, I, I I hadn't heard him before the trailer, but yeah, it's based on one of his novels, and it stars uh, Michael C. Hall with a British accent as uh, Tom Delaney, who is uh, a widowed surgeon who is on the hunt for his missing teenage daughter. And uh, I just I, the trailer was really fun and interesting, and I just like seeing Michael C. Hall with a British accent. So I'm mostly here for Michael C. Hall trying to do a British accent. Um, I realized something yeah. in the second season of The Crown, which I'm spoiling something for yeah, you here. For uh-huh. Kate watched the first season of The Crown mm-hmm. this week. Um, yeah. I think that maybe watching Michael C. Hall attempt to do JFK ruined <laughs> Michael C. Hall for me. <laughs> I, I haven't. I haven't been able to think about Michael C. Hall seriously as an actor since watching him attempt to do JFK. Oh, well, then you haven't Which, seen Gamer. I have to say, didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> I think the second season of The Crown is wonderful, incredibly well done, well acted, well directed, occasionally pretty thoughtless, but mostly very well done. Timeless oh, has a better shit. JFK. You know what? Timeless has a much better JFK. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And infinitely better JFK and that JFK had a huge advantage in being a baby JFK yeah. a Bay FK <laughs> like, <laughs> people talk about JFK Jr. he was really a JFK he was, Jr. he was a junior JFK yeah he was a petite JFK um it's it's not great guys it's yeah. not great it's one of the best episodes of that season because it mostly focuses on Elizabeth's relationship to Jackie mm-hmm. and the and it's uh about insecurity and cruelty right. and Oh and who plays very Jackie interesting. In that? It's someone I recognize. I'm trying to I, I'm blanking it. Oh, I don't it remember yeah, and yeah. I'm just not going to look it up. Thank you so much for listening. This is the end of the show, which yes. is how you can tell we're ending cuz I'm saying thank you. But mostly I want to say thank you to Suddenly Seymour for being here. Mm-hmm. Um on a personal note, Suddenly when not a female star of stage and stage, uh was a great friend of mine in college and it really meant a lot to me to have suddenly here so suddenly Mm -hmm. thank you for being here uh it was really special and cool and it made me very happy Mm -hmm. uh but thanks as always to kate kolzik for being here thanks to you all for listening if you like the show you can find us on twitter at tv party cos you can find us at facebook.com slash tv party pod if you have a question you'd like answered you can email us at tv party at consequence of sound.net you can also just say like hey you sound really cool. You can say, hey, I'm going to suddenly show on Monday night. We should say hello, and then I'll absolutely say hello and pretend not to feel weird about it. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Allison Chu. You can also hear me on the podcast Debating Doctor Who and Podlander Drunkcast on Outlander Podcast, where, as of this week, you can also hear the great Kate Kalsik talking about the great score to The Great Outlander by the great Bear McCreary. Is it great? It's great. Clint, nice. where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at AlkaHollywood, and you can also find me as a senior writer on Consequence of Sound. Uh, I also co-host the podcast and 
run the film website Alka Hollywood, which you can find at alkahollywood.com. And I also co-host the podcast Nathan Rabin's Happy Cast, which you can find at nathanrabin.com. And Jody Balfour was one of the leads on Bomb Girls, which is a great Canadian period drama that I rather enjoyed. So that's where I recognized her. Nice transition. Kate, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me over on Twitter at The Televerse. The Televerse is my <laughs> other podcast that I do when I'm not spending my entire day with Allison and also Clint. <laughs> also all the people at Drunkcast and Suddenly, which was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so fun. It was yeah, so it was great. Very fun. Um, you can find some of my writing over at Consequence of Sound and over at the AV Club on occasion. Um, but just hit me up on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you'll be able to find stuff from all of us this week. Consequence is running our summer TV preview. All three of us are working on that. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear our thoughts about things like Cloak and Dagger, Sense8, yep. The Innocents. The Innocents. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. So happy, but so sad. Yeah, so I happy, know. but so sad. But at least it's getting an ending. Yes. I'm very happy about that. Um, the. Uh, Pose is in there. Oh, Picnic at Hanging Rock. I'm oh, really I'm excited so about excited that about one. Picnic, at, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Castle Rock, speaking of rocks, that yes, is going to be in there. A lot of rocks. Um, anyway, the three of us with some other COS people should be really fun. Mm-hmm. And Leave us a review on iTunes, Podchaser, whatever your podcast platform may be. TV Party is a production of the Consequence Podcast Network. Check out our expanding roster of music, film, and television podcast programming at consequenceofsound.net, won't you? This show is recorded and produced in Chicago, Illinois, recorded and engineered by this one fella, Clint Worthington, and tolerated and nicely pronounced by our dear friend, Kate Kulcic. Thank you so much, Kate, for being here. Thanks to Suddenly for her very generous contribution. I feel like I know a lot more about Drag Race than I did four hours ago. I know I do. Which is really saying something because I fucking know a lot about Drag Race, guys. (laughs) Um, Thanks to you for listening. Um, Don't do Beyonce in the Snatch Game. Bye! Consequence Podcast Network.